This is Harlan. Chris. Michael. And Kraloth of Vandor. No, you're, you're just... Seriously? Paladin of Bahamut. Slayer of the Eye. And you're listening to Seven Land Hand. It's Seven Land Hand! Woo-hoo! Brought to you Australia-wide by Good Games. Hey, listener, do you like gathering people of a similar ilk, forming strong bonds and thumbing your nose at the haters? Well, you might be looking for Waco, Texas. Uh, preferably, you might also be a potential leader of the gaming fraternity. Today's show has more community building than a Tunguskan Amish villager. Because we'd have no village and more available wood than backstage at a Katy Perry concert. <laughs> That's the nonsense finished. This is Seven Land Hand. Here in the pod, and with less wood than a whole warehouse of IKEA furniture, it's Matt McHale. I'm actually wearing cardboard. Yes, you are. It looks good. It suits you. It matches your eyes. It does. You yeah. have that dead cardboardy <laughs> appeal to your gaze. That's it. Uh, this week, no, we, no week in geek. This week, we're going to save that for the end of the month with Jamie. Uh, so it's going to be a week in month. Um, a sorry, month, a month in, in a month geek. In geek doesn't rhyme. <laughs> What's what, is there a word for geek that rhymes with month? Uh, uh, is there a word that rhymes with month? Matt, well, on the spot. That's, that's... No, moving right along. So, oh, we're, so we're at the end of the month. Uh, we're getting back with Cthulhu Realms, uh, which is going to be the game of the month, next month's giveaway, 10% off, all that sort of stuff. Looking forward to that. We've been uh, playing it a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. You should be excited about this, listener, because there's an unboxing online. <laughs> that's not an in-depth thing. Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand and uh, you can see Matt and I, we opened up, show you what's inside the box. Hey, interestingly, they're yeah. all linked up to our Board Game Geek page now, so whenever you look up those board games that we, that we uh, cover... Uh, you'll actually see our unboxing videos attached to them these days. Yeah, give us a plug, hey? Give us a thumbs up. What do we get on board game geek these oh, days? Oh, geek gold. A, a geek gold? Yeah, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, Dad never said I'd get gold. No, he was wrong. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> all right, so instead we're going to jump straight into two fabulous interviews with people, or peoples, using their enthusiasm, gaming knowledge, and charismatic smiles to support and develop their respective gaming communities. So the first that you're going to hear is Harlan Guthrie uh, and everybody else, I believe, is going Harlan to tune Harlan and the gang. We're about to talk to them in uh, an hour or so. Uh, they're from the Invicta stream, straight out of Canada, or as our politicians like to call it, Canadia. Canadia yeah. So I've got to not say Canadia. That's a thing. <laughs> I, you know, I like to... Anyway. Uh, the second is Matthew Lee of the Campaigner Online magazine. He's from Adelaide. Or Radelaide. Radelaide. Come on, don't dress it up. City of Churches. Very nice ones too. Yeah. Um, the best thing that goes in Adelaide, I've heard, is Churches. The road. Is what? The road in and out. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which direction is the best way to take? <laughs> well. We like to be supportive of our guests, so obviously the road <laughs> into Adelaide. It is if you're coming across the Nullarbor or something like that, isn't it? You'd be well, happy to see anything by yeah, then. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it, hey? Let's rock. <laughs> Win Dice City for commenting on our post for episode 69 at facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand. Last month, Hannah Kleinak won Monstrous. Monstrous! Yeah. I'll say her name again because it shows that she's actually a real person, just like you, listener. And therefore, she role models that winning is possible. (laughs) It's as easy as that. Not that it was, you know, Hannah's effort, admirable, got a game for it. It's easy as commenting on something. It's as easy as commenting on it. Uh, entries are growing each month, so get in now. And every month, Good Games are offering our listeners a special offer on the game we review. This month, it's Die City. So while stocks last, Good Games is giving 10% off Die City. All you have to do is submit your city's blueprints to a Good Games store. <laughs> State this month's password, Matt. 
Transform and roll out. Your impersonation has, has dropped away. Oh, in, has it? Yeah, since, you know, the... Oh, um, sorry, I've got... It's, it's cold, the cold it, weather. It might have also been the phone that didn't. But Maybe. Actually, yeah. So for the next four weeks, transform and roll out. Transform and roll out. That's while stocks last. So now, on with the interviews. All right, Invictus Stream. Now, you know, you know a lot more about these guys than I do, Matt. I've been following them for a while. And in fact, the uh, astute listener would notice that at the beginning of our very merry podcast tonight yeah. was the Invictus Stream themselves. What very kindly. Four, four bumps they sent us, all yeah. hilarious because they're funny guys. They are. And they run a, for those who don't know, they run a RPG online streaming channel on uh, YouTube. Yeah, and uh, it's a community channel that they run, and they play they play games every Wednesday night, and they basically they they broadcast live, and uh, then their videos get uploaded to what, YouTube. What what sort of time is that for Australian listeners? Well, if they're usually up about eight eight p.m., so eight a.m. for us. Uh, I know when I go to school okay. on a, on a Thursday morning for us, it's Wednesday night for them. Uh, usually I get a, a notification saying, hey, uh, the Invictus Stream is about to start. So you, you so do I'm Invictus Stream while you're driving to while you're, while no, you're in class? No, I'm in class. So that first hour of the kids... It's just watching the stream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are the kids coming along well? Are they good RPGs? Well, well I tell them to sit down and be quiet and yeah. you know, just let daddy watch. You know, I don't say the daddy part, but... That's weird, man. <laughs> I feel real uncomfortable now. Um, but, if you uh, do send your kids to Matt's school, uh, complaints too, Matt... <laughs> Is it Matthew? Matt? No, Matt, I'm not telling anyone. Matt at <laughs> sevenlandhand.com. Any kind of comments. Um, so there's four core members, and they also have a, a couple of extras who fly in and out of uh, campaigns yeah. here and there. And we, we only have one core member, and that's Jamie, because every time he walks into a room, people say, Cool. There look you at go. that guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we still, I don't know what he looks like. Don't you? You're the only one that's seen him in the person. Ah, maybe. Maybe I'm he's not real. I'm still wondering whether he's actually a figment of your imagination. Ah, but we get lost in Victor Stream. <laughs> uh, what else yeah. do we need to do? They're from Canada. We said that earlier. Yep. Uh, four main guys. Yeah, so Chris, RPG. Uh, well, they... Harlan. Harlan runs the stream. Yeah. He's, he's your, your moderator, I guess. And then there's Justin, Chris, and Michael. They uh, share the duties of, of uh, Game Master amongst themselves, and, and they run a campaign typically... Uh, between six and ten uh, episodes mm. in a campaign. And then in between that and uh, in between campaigns, they throw in one-shots. And they do everything from uh, the running uh, the, the uh, running dead to uh, end of the world apocalypse. Uh, and can you catch up on these? Can you catch up on these not live? You can. You can actually see them on the YouTube channel. Okay, yeah. so they record it and then you can catch the episode. That's on the generally YouTube. the way I catch up on them. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really... Watch the stream while I'm at school. Too late, man. You said it. It's, you're already in trouble. <laughs> I catch you later. And then on the holidays, I'm uh, usually front row center. Yeah. Because I've got the time. So you can join in somehow? You can interact? You can. Is that yeah. what happens? Yeah. They've got a, a great community following. Right. Uh, they usually have half a dozen or more listeners, uh, viewers yeah. uh, actually participating in the game as they go along. And they give you this great system of ex- earning XP throughout their games and throughout their uh, the life of the campaign, mm. which you can then turn in for... Uh, to have an effect on the way that the game is played, uh, whether you're spending points to increase a, a stat for a character or give them extra roles or actually give them uh, interruptions to the campaign, like regular li- little events, things like that. So uh, it it's really does uh, encourage community involvement. Uh, the viewers get to 
watch and have input on the Facebook page at the same time. That usually runs concurrently, and uh, they'll read comments off that as well. So, uh, yeah, cool. if you're participating, then you've got a good chance of getting a shout out during the game as well. Cool. Oh, well, yeah. let's dial up Canada and see if we can find them and cover none of that because this is a Seven Land Hand interview. So we'll just start rambling about anything gaming. <laughs> the really, advantage probably. is it's over there. It's uh, heading into summer. That won't matter to an audio podcast, even right. less than visuals. <laughs> All right. Let's well, let's, let's enough of that then. Yeah, let's dial up Canada. Are you there, Harlan? Uh, yeah. Oh. Can you hear Hello. us? Hello. We're arguing about how to use the bloody... Both can hear each other. <laughs> there we go. That's all right. Well, I was going to jump on the video right, now because you guys are working today. Yeah. Video. I just didn't realize. She's a fairy. We're all looking pretty at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, you think it looks better at 9 o'clock at night? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I'm a night owl personally, so it just works out for me. Justin's always good looking, though. Justin's <laughs> always good looking, yeah, 24-7, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't think I've seen you guys at 9 o'clock at night, and, uh, yeah, you know, you, you, cut a, you cut a very impressive image, I, I must say. So. Hey, there yeah. we go. That's I was wondering where he was going with this. Cause yeah, it was like, this could go over. sour very fast. This interview is over. <laughs> no, I just I throw, I throw Matt forward to do all the pleasantries. He plays good cop. I do the bad cop stuff. <laughs> We prefer yeah. bad cop, personally. Because yeah. there's spankings, usually. Because the spankings and the handcuffs, the fuzzy handcuffs. Okay. So we're, we're down for that. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I don't know if I mentioned to David, but uh, the, your, uh, the stream gets a little blue at times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can get a little depressing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Dep- oh, well, you know, we, we're realists. We like, to, we like the good and the bad. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> we walk down dark avenues. you got to have the bad so that the good looks better That's by comparison. Contrast. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's about contrast. It's all about the contrast. That's why we invite Michael. That's why we invite Michael. <laughs> yeah. The most depressed member. Yeah. It's because I'm really into Picasso in the blue period, and it really talks to me. I hope we get period. all technical blue and period. correct. Isn't that like the commercials that they have? That never mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your blue period. Oh, when they pour it on the maxi pad <laughs> to make sure that everything gets sorted out. That's right. Not offensive blue color. <laughs> yeah, it's when the, when okay. the Picassos are talking to you. That's when the medication. It's medication time. Is what I exactly. usually found. Yeah. Or are we taking too much Gatorade? Yeah. No, I feel like I'm encroaching on a, a Matt and Harlan loving. You know, is, is it just one-sided or do I need to leave the room and everyone else? Because from Matt's side of it, you know, it's ugly. No, well, we, hey, it's, it's free love over here in Canada. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we've all been talking, but we all sound exactly like Harlan. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah it's actually just one person talking nonstop. Yeah, I, 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 like I figured that's why everybody wants to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I know I want to move to Canada because of all the free love. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, without getting too serious about it, legitimately, we are very Canada proud, and uh, that actually is part of it. To be honest, we, we we do like putting our country forth. We try not to make it a point of the stream, but we are very uh, no too, too serious. Chris is giving me the look. He's like, well, no, let's not start getting. I keep nodding. I'm like, man, this is a recording. Oh yeah, my bad. No, but uh, no, we 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 are. I mean, uh, we don't make Canada the theme, but we do celebrate Canada Day on the stream. Oh, that's our new slogan. Oh, are you, are you guys saying you're from Canada? I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, we oh. are. We only say it every stream if we can. Uh, just pulling your leg. We were doing. We, we did some uh, bios on the fly early before we did this. So yeah, no, we definitely know you're from Canada. Oh, yeah. nice. I hope the bios dive into our personalities too. Like when I hit that guy six years ago, and and all the, <laughs> the bad dark stuff that Chris gets into at night. Yeah, we did personal Facebook page reviews, but pretty much is what we did. Oh. That's it. Perfect. No, yeah. None of this. This is all tongue in cheek. Just in case you're not getting it, it's all <laughs> time no, 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 no. Hey, the, it, 
that's all we do, tongue in cheek, literally. Literally, oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, on the stream. Yeah, we we have. I'll press the record button. So if you want me to take any of that out, that's fine. But <laughs> no, just... make sure you leave it all in. Cool. This is my admission of guilt. <laughs> so this is all very important. <laughs> yeah, and double jeopardy, right? So if you hear me now saying it, and then you post the podcast later, then that's double jeopardy. I yeah. know, I know it is. I saw the movie with uh, that's right, you can't with be Thingy and what's it? Exactly. <laughs> um, look, we're going to dive into it. I've got we've got some burning questions. Our, our uh, part, of, a member of our trio, uh, Jamie, he's uh, not with us tonight, but he left us with a few questions and things like that. Things we want to ask you guys because this is our community themed podcast tonight. We're uh, talking all things uh, community based gaming. Uh, the live stream being a great example of that and your Facebook pages. And we have our little group as well, our Facebook page and um, the podcast. So what we're really trying to get into the heart of is how do, you, you know, how do you guys go about putting together your community and keeping it active and live and, and uh, I guess really relevant is what we're, uh, we're diving into. That might sound a little bit too, too real for you at uh, that time of the morning, but... What you'll notice is Matt gets in a habit of interviewing himself as well. So <laughs> if, if he starts talking for a while, don't worry about that. It's fine. Uh, well, I'll feel that one. Uh, it's, it's quite easy, actually, with the community that we have. It actually kind of fuels itself a lot. Uh, the group that we have are really inclusive people. Everyone there is willing to share, um, and no one's going to put anyone down. So that's really the best benefit. So we find that because people are so inclusive, so welcoming to new members, not many people are leaving our group. Everyone keeps, keeps joining. No one's getting mad. There's no ego. And uh, therefore, it's just going to continue to grow. And it's a good community, I think. What is it that makes streaming an RPG more exciting and accessible these days? You know what's interesting? Um, I was watching uh, on Netflix this weekend. They have the Bo Burnham new comedy special, and he actually goes into this in a very depressing way. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that way. <laughs> but I do think this generation is very big on being presenters and things like that, and watching people present, which I think is great. So I think personally, um, what what lends itself to this sort of generation is that people enjoy seeing other people kind of put themselves out there. Now, us yeah. specifically, I think we're more geared towards. The sort of fun, loosey, goosey kind of acting style that I think a lot of people grew up with. I mean, I was a really creative kid, and part of the fun of doing this is for me to act like a silly character for you know, a few hours on a Wednesday night. It's just yeah. a way of me to branch that kid into the very sad adult that exists now <laughs> and uh, and do it in a way that my wife doesn't look at me in a, in a weird way saying you know why are you uh, why are you pretending to be a butler named reginald this evening <laughs> well, you guys you guys have great rapport i mean did, how did you find each other is there a, a story to that uh scouts <laughs> yeah, oh, we're breaking into that now. Yeah, Stabs we, we can go way back. We're, we're, we're old friends from elementary school. Um, and we, we've all known each other for a pretty long time. I think Harlan and Michael didn't know each other as well. But, you know, getting into high school was when we started getting into uh, role-playing games. But we were friends long before we ever picked up a, an RPG book. So yeah. I think we had that going for us in that respect. Mm. Yeah, we've known each other even before... Even when we were more awkward, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. 
So no, it's very... but, uh, but and Justin's 100% right. And I think that report comes with years of just hanging out and talking and things like that. And on a Wednesday night, and I think Critical Role to an extent and Will Wheaton shows are fantastic because they bring in, you know, that celebrity angle and they kind of force people to play together and have that kind of fun. For us, it's, it's sort of the other end of the spectrum. We're four friends that would be doing this uh, – Regardless. Regardless if, you know, if we were on stream, we just happen to be hams and we also enjoy uh, acting goofy for people <laughs> that want to see yeah. it. I think, you know, we're going to get better and better as role players. And I think that show is on the stream, hopefully, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, we need Not, to. Yeah. That definitely <laughs> so from does. the beginning of our first, if you watch our very first uh, stream, you see an improvement just in, in the year and a half that we've been doing this. Um, but the one thing that we can't really improve on, I think that goes for other streams as well, is the rapport in the group. We need to really like each other, and I think we do. Well, well, me and Harlan. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know sometimes. It depends on, you know, the character. So that's, that's something we got going for us. Depends on if we're on our blue period. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that make you then feel? Uh, well, how would that make uh, Alex and David feel now that knowing that they're not in the room with you guys right now? Yeah, they're used to the shirt and the stick. <laughs> and the fact is, we don't really care. No, we don't give a shit. <laughs> no, no. Uh, David, uh, well, David and Alex are sort of the um, alternates, I suppose. Extended family? The extended family. That's a better way to put it. Um, well, Alex is my real-life family. He is my brother and also a friend of us. Um, David is also a friend of us, uh, but we met them sort of in a different capacity in regards to the stream. They were kind of... They came in because they showed interest. And one of the things that we always did before the stream when we played a game is we didn't really include people that weren't vested or wanted to try something. Yeah. There's sort of two types of people. When you walk over to a friend's house and you lay out a board game and say, who wants to play? You have the friends that say, yeah, I'll do it because I like you. <laughs> and then you got to explain the rules five times because they're talking throughout them. And then there's the other group of friends who you mentioned this in passing and they said, hey, 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 what is that? Can you tell me more about that? And David especially uh, was 100% that. And we love people like that, whether they be on the, the community page, whether they're part of our group. People who are interested in learning, you don't have to be a great role player. You just have to have passion in trying to figure out what it is. And Alex, again, is very much that. Uh, I, I think any watch a game of his and you, you can attest to that. The swashbuckler's life. Yes. And who just. One of my He's more exciting his own ideas than anything else. Oh, and then, and then a ship comes on the horizon. <laughs> well, it's a great it's a great dynamic too to add to the group because it it kind of mixes things up. Like having David or having Alex, it just adds this new energy uh, to the stream, which uh, I find really exciting. Especially like <clears throat> Alex with uh, his Numenera characters is yeah. just like yeah, that's yeah. great. Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. His name was. Now he's going to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> the um, you've played a lot of different uh, campaigns, a lot of different games, uh, systems. You know, you alluded to Swashbuckers Life, uh, Numenera, uh, The Strange was a recent one. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, Dragashu. Uh, what? What was it? I can never get it right. Uh, Michael, what was Dragashu's? Drafuscu um, Secret? Drafuscu Secret. Yeah, uh, yeah Secret. It was uh, essentially a D&D 5th edition campaign yeah. with uh, some homebrew elements thrown in. Uh, and again, that was very, in a sense, community-driven. Because with the new the new edition, they give you a lot of options. Uh, and they give you like a DM's workshop and a DM's toolbox uh, with different 
home rule. I guess they're not really home brew rules if they're in the book. So maybe I don't even well, know. Homebrew alterations. But yeah. but yeah, different variations. Yeah, and it. so as I was going through and thinking about a campaign, I thought we are trying to be very community driven and the community really changes the way we play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm very comfortable with D&D, it's essentially the only game I'd ever played. I did a little bit of Traveler, a little bit of Top Secret, uh, but they never really appealed to me when I was younger. No, Traveler's rough. We, we, <laughs> play, we played Traveler and it was just like, can I just get the magic box and press the button and cure everything that's going wrong right now? Oh, that hasn't been invented. But we're in the future, surely. So uh, David and I are at odds. Uh, David, li- David dislikes Traveler with a passion. I actually like Traveler for that very reason. It's that, it's, it has that, uh, that sort of feel where you're actually interacting with the real world, which is really, um, in a sense, because when... Uh, what kind of world are you the, living in? Well, what spaceships do you well, have? Clearly, we're all living in a fantasy world. <laughs> oh. But um, when the end of the world apocalypse stuff came out and that brought uh, role-playing into your own personality, uh, you know, essentially you play yourself, uh, that hands down is my favourite campaign. That's my favourite uh, RPG to play to, to date. And whenever I get an opportunity, I run it. But are there any more of those, any that you haven't brought to the stream yet that you uh, would most like to play yourself and then stream? What are your favorites um, that you haven't played are, yet? Yeah, and there are a few. And to be honest, the, the list grows shorter. You think that there's this sort of infinite well of uh, ideas with RPGs, and there are to an extent, but a lot of them are very uh, specific. And we obviously like to do 10-part campaigns because I'm a little bit OCD, and I like to have that kind of season-esque <laughs> feel to our show. Um, but when it comes to bridging 10 episodes, you, you need sort of a diverse rule system. So we actually uh, do have a few still in the bag that we are looking to put out. But one of the fun things we always like to kind of involve, or I should say not involve the community with, is picking the next system uh, for multiple yeah. reasons. Obviously, we want to leave it open to internal things that might come last minute. Uh, before we started the Star Wars campaign, we had a different system in mind, but Star Wars came out, so we kind of switched it last minute. And um, we also like to keep people guessing, you know, because if someone doesn't like what we're playing next, you know, we don't want to turn them off already. So we keep a bit of that um, under wraps. But when it comes to systems we really want to play, yeah, there, there are two or three out there that uh, that are still going to be on the roster and are going to show up. I think also, <clears throat> I think also uh, the thing that we also like about changing up is we get excited. Mm-hmm. If, if, if we're constantly doing something new and uh, if, for example, we're not into playing a horror game next time, and that's exactly what is voted for or something like that. We might not bring the energy that we want to bring to the stream. So we're constantly doing things that we know we're going to be excited and amped to do for the stream. It's true. It's, it's yeah. sort of a, a constant uh, decision or discussion that we have. I mean, obviously, when we started this, it was about us. It was about doing things that we wanted to do. It was a way to uh, continue playing games and basically just find the time to get together and make it a weekly thing. As they, as it sort of evolved into the Invictus stream, the first conversation we had about people actually watching was that the community was important. So it's it's a it's a tough decision always when it comes to things like this about what's most important. Do we play something that we want to play because it's what we enjoy, 
or do we play something that community is begging for to kind of satisfy them? Yeah. And to this date, there's no no perfect answer, but I think we always come back to the look, we have to be having fun. So we want to play something that is going to always be of interest to us. And I think the epitome of that is the next one we're doing Deadlands. We sat around and uh, said, look, we want to do Wild West. We want to do Root and Shooting. Yeah. And we want to do something that's going to be really fun for us to play. Necessarily and, uh, in that order, too. We did that one. Necessarily in that order. <laughs> well, the rooting uh, and the not shooting. always, yeah. <laughs> it, must be, it must be good, though, like when someone, someone contacts you and say, hey, try this, and it's just completely off your radar. You know, like maybe something that's snuck through on a Kickstarter that's, you know, total dark horse and no one really knows about. You're going to discover things like that as well. Yeah, well I think, Harlan, we found that with uh, Belly of the Beast, and, um, yeah. which, which we, we'll get back to and we'll finish one day well, as soon yeah, as uh, I sort out my internet which, issues. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed Belly of the Beast, Justin here, um, and it was cool to... He does often talk about himself in the third person. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin, James, Justin James thinks that Belly of the Beast was a really interesting experience because it was something that he hadn't really heard of. <laughs> Uh, and um, it was it was a totally new system, and it, it really sparked my imagination for what role playing games could be like. Like it had a totally different character creation system. It was yeah. a totally new world, and you, you you play these big ticket games like you know D and D and uh, Call of Cthulhu, and it's it, it's easy to feel like okay those are the big ones that's the ones those are the ones we're always going to gravitate towards but who knows what's on the horizon like maybe belly of the beast is going to be the next big D D. like it's it's cool to that's see fine. what is coming up and actually what uh we're really excited about is one of the ones we're looking into is uh someone offered us a free game it's called quest core uh okay. so we're just looking over the rules right now and you know that I think is super exciting that someone's looking at us and saying, Hey, we like what you do. Here's yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. Yeah. Absolutely. Free and, stuff. And, and oh yeah. <laughs> and any any way the community sort of affects us in that regard, sending us things is fantastic. And I think to a small extent or to a large extent, I think a lot of this comes about with things like Kickstarter. And I personally back a ton of stuff on Kickstarter mm-hmm. because it does give that sort of platform to small independent RPGs and uh, or you know board games and lets them s- sort of say hey here's what we have which is obviously where we found Belly the Beast and us as yeah. Invictus I mean we have our own ideas um, and kind of systems that we've always put forth between the four of us that we plan on doing something similar to Kickstarter in the future ourselves yeah and he's not <clears throat> he's not underselling the fact that he really backs a lot of things actually after this we're doing an <laughs> intervention because uh, he's in trouble but, yeah it's spearheaded by my wife she says guys he's back at too much stuff we need to stop <laughs> yeah well uh, uh, of everything i own is crammed into one tiny room I'm, and i'm not allowed to spread that out throughout the house so yeah i, I feel i know where you're coming from but <laughs> Britch brings me to my next question which is digital or physical rule books what are you uh what are your opinions which is which best suits your gaming style given that you're uh you know, using digital media as a way to get your uh, games across. Which do you uh, the prefer? The best way, and, and Harlan recently purchased a house, and he's got a gaming room, and it's awesome. He's got all our geek geekdom stuff down there. But we're looking for physical when we can. Uh, we love the textual. We like the fact that we have something we can hold and look at. 
Uh, however, it's more expensive. So occasionally we do have to go for the, the digital PDF uh, as rule books uh, just because funds aren't there. But uh, we, we love to have the physical when we can. Yeah. Uh, I think we're kind of split. I was going to say, very split. split. <laughs> no, because, okay, basically, I think this side of the room uh, <laughs> likes recording books. Again. Oh, yeah. And that side of the room. No, no, I, okay, uh, hold on, because I, I do like, I'm on the other side of the room from Chris and Justin who are now siding themselves against, and I've been told to sit in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael, you shush. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, you know, to me, and this is the lamest answer, but it's 100% both. I 1,000% prefer the real book if I'm lying in bed or I'm it's in front of my computer, oddly enough, because I can flip through and things like that. However, I cannot count the number of times that the digital version of a character sheet or the rule system with, you know, PDF searchability, I mean, give me a break, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, what, what's the rifle damage? Uh, search done. So to me, I am a thousand percent both, which is the lamest answer. <laughs> right now. I, I actually am very much both as well. The reason being, I love having the hard books because he just likes hard. Yeah. Um, however, because uh, at home, not on stream, but when I'm at home playing games, I like to house rule so much. I love the ability to cut and paste yeah. and just grab it right oh, off yeah. the PDF and then put it in a hard format for the players. I can't believe you guys are saying that. I don't believe you. I'm so confused. <laughs> Harlan has the coins. Mike has the deck boxes. We have we have dice, so much uh, dice. I believe we he asked physical. for books. Yeah. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. My I, point, love, my I do is, love the physical. I it sounds like we're closing physical, descent. But I cannot argue that the digital has come in handy so many times. Oh, it's, it's very useful. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah. like, and he's saying on stream, right? On stream... I don't use physical. I thousand percent have the core rule book on the right on my left monitor. Yeah, that's right. I have dual monitors. Oh, on my right, <laughs> I have six monitors. My that's far, fun. far right, I have the digital. <laughs> no, but uh, I thousand percent prefer them for the stream. Oh, tabletop, I'm one hundred percent physical. Yeah, exactly. That's I love I'm making fun. terrain. I like miniatures. Oh yeah, I, like, I have all those I fantasy like that part of the. Yeah, I like that die. part of the hobby as but well. I guess it comes down to yeah. All it really right. depends well, on. Well, he's an idea. Here's an idea, guys. I'll steal it off uh, Paul Mattingly. Uh, shout out to Geek Shock, uh, Geek Shock podcast. Uh, he's got an okay. argument. He always goes back to um, all he talks about computer games, console games, DVD, stuff like that. And he always wants the hard copy for everything because he's saying if the internet go, just blows up tomorrow or all these cloud you know, storage places disappear, if you haven't got the hard copy in your hand, all this amazing art could just disappear or become very hard to get hold of. And and I I, can't, I don't know if I'm as conspiracy theory. Well, I'm not conspiracy theorist at all. But <laughs> but um, I, there's something I love about having the tangible copy in my hand. And I'd go a step further. I don't even like having the paperback version of a of a wow. book. I like having the hard copy, the hardback. Yeah. Uh, between hard copy and paperback, one thousand percent, I'm with you. So, and again, the preference is always the physical. It's just yeah. So if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is we're wrong. <laughs> no, no. What he's saying is a man who works for Geek Shop, whose yeah. main drive is selling physical items prefers physical items. Well, really, put it this way. This way. If there is an apocalypse, if there is nuclear fallout, yeah, yeah. what is the world going to look like without hard copy role-playing? Exactly. <laughs> I need to know. I think that's correct, yeah, right? Yes. No, but you, but, but to your side, you are a thousand percent uh, correct. And I think it comes down to, like, uh, need and want. Truthfully, we need digital copies for the speed of... Our, our very poor rules uh, knowledge, because <laughs> yeah, we're very, very, very secondary when it comes to rules. Um, but the want is always physical copies. When we were downstairs in 
the gaming room, uh, the physical books, they just can't be beat. Right. Something about them is just... And, and actually, we had a good post the other day uh, on our Facebook group. Someone was asking, like, how do you bring all the physical mm -hmm. books and that sort of thing with you when you go somewhere else to play? Yeah, exactly. Which and is an argument for which most today I brought it on a USB. So. And today, I, well, you know what I use, actually, I use a paint chip case, which is funnily enough. I, it was in the garbage one day, and they had, like, they use all these paint samples, little little individual sections for, like, perfect for books and stuff like that. So if yeah. you happen to find a paint chip carrier case in the garbage, make sure you use it for role-playing. I, I can't <laughs> even picture what that looks like. What a paint chip case. Yeah, so, like, I, 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 my, my understanding would be, because it had a, a paint company on it, that a guy would go into your business, and he would, uh, you know those those little swatches? Swatches, yeah. thank you. Ah, uh, right, okay. Pull out swatches, but <laughs> right. I think you probably That's Australian said, English. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it would also have large pieces of cloth or something. I don't really know what it was for, but it had all these sections. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to email them to you guys so you see exactly what I'm talking Sweet. about. Not Show notes. Know what a swatch is. Show notes. I, I told them it was very rude, but yeah, swatch is a, is a, is a slang for something terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. More of that. Tell us that too. Um, <laughs> hey. Hey, whenever, whenever you know, where, uh, whenever you go somewhere, you arrive or leave. Is this check now? I think we've all got, which is always wallet, keys, phone, wallet, keys, phone. What are the what are the uh, Grail RPG items that you cannot leave without? Like an everyday carry type thing. Uh, no, just like, like the, you know, you know, when you're checking your pockets before you leave somewhere, you, you just can't do without oh, yeah. your wallet, keys, and phones. There's That's RPG cool. stuff. There's gamer stuff that you need. What what sort of stuff do you have? Little. Uh, I'll give you a good example, uh, Aaron. Yeah, who was one of our uh, podcasters for the Magic Show? Uh, he carried a copy of a card around with him as a reminder in his wallet. You know, so he couldn't go anywhere without superstitious stuff. Superstitious oh, stuff. Right, yeah. yeah, doesn't have so, to be superstitious. But oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I personally, I always uh, in my left pocket, I carry a coin, and it's a coin that has it's only it's a yes or no. It says yes on one side and no on the other side. In case that was too confusing. And uh, it is a coin that was uh, produced through Kickstarter on something I backed. It was a card game of some sort. But the coin was just too awesome. And I always keep it in my pocket. I've used it in role-playing games. Uh, Justin was running a dungeon game the other the other week. And uh, my character kind of incorporated into him. So in role-playing fashion, I actually carry that every day. When I'm leaving the house personally, I always carry my dice. I have a very special set of dice that I need to use. They didn't come in a nice uh, box, did they? A nice uh, community. That? They didn't come in a nice community-provided box by chance. Well, they they reside in it now. Yes, we <laughs> we actually were super. Um, I want to say blessed, but that's such fortunate. a lame way to say it. Yeah, let's say fortunate, uh, <laughs> lucky. I don't know uh, that uh, there was a community member, uh, Jordan Jason Brzee. Jason Jordan Brzee. Jordan, Jason? Jason. Jason Jordan. I'm sorry. It's the two names confuse me. Uh, who who handcrafted these wooden boxes for us and sent them to us. Uh, you know, we paid for the postage and everything. It was fantastic. So now we use those. Uh, but, yeah, they are definitely part of my RPG carry. Uh, I usually keep keep mine all in a case all ready to go. Uh, He's got like a bug out bag of RPG stuff. Yeah, I've got a laptop yeah. carry case. Just in case the end of the world thing actually Just in case the end of the world <laughs> thing right. it, it, yeah. It's always packed, ready to go. Uh, the only thing that actually changes in it is uh, I've got uh, two boxes in that are carried in the case. One is like a hard plastic pencil case, and that switches out because it depends on what NPCs and what bad guys we're coming across. So that one holds 
the miniatures yeah, for yeah. NBCs yeah. and Monsters. And the other case I carry carries all the pencils, erasers, extra gaming dice, and I've even got like a set of different colored dice for brand new players. So you're like, just roll the orange one, roll the blue one. Um, <laughs> and in that case, the miniatures change depending on what group I'm playing with because I'll put all the all the player character. A lot of Michael's RPG history comes from teaching players how to play. In fact, he was the first person who taught me how to play as well as Chris. Not Justin, because Justin, of course, has to do it his own way. <laughs> that's, an, that's an excellent pro tip, though, having all the different sided dice a, die, a different color so that you can say roll the whatever colored one, like roll the orange one, rather than saying roll the 12-sided dice because a, a new person. Exactly. Oh, it makes it so much easier for yeah. new players because there's, you know you get so much thrown at you right away. Roll the icosahedron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I ran, uh, just last night, I ran a Star Wars game with uh, my stepbrother. And uh, he's young, he's a kid, he's like 11. But um, the Star Wars dice, like, you, you think that, you know, natural you know, 20s and D10s are complicated. The Star Wars dice are like a totally... Oh, they're online. So he would roll on the online app and it would, it would happen. And he'd be like, I'd be like, oh. And he'd be like, oh. Is that good? <laughs> you know what? And that's true. I really love the Fantasy Flight Star Wars um, system. I love the artwork. I love the books. I own physical copies of all the Edge of the Empire books, but I am not a huge fan of the dice system. They kind of... I get it. I mean, there's there are benefits benefits to bonus. <laughs> there are benefits to it. No, there are benefits to it. Bon- bonafide benefits. <laughs> but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I do find it more taxing because every time you roll, there is that okay, second. What happens? Yeah, yeah you, it's you a do have plot to driving dice system. <laughs> it is. I had an OCD thing. I just realized in answering my own question and in, in turn interviewing myself, I used to always uh, like I'd have a small arcane type box with dice in it and the miniature that I painted up for whatever system oh, we were playing. Oh, of course. I remember. remember. But I couldn't handle any of it rattling around, especially to damage the miniature. So the only thing that would change or I'd constantly keep up keep was the tissues that I would jam in there and wrap the guy up in. As soon as the tissues became slightly damaged, I'd have to replace them. Yeah. How is Fargan? <laughs> He's good. <laughs> He's good. Uh, speaking, speaking of dice and dice rolls, uh, Justin, it's a week on now since the event, and that was the uh, triple D20. How are you feeling after that? The most uh, amazing roll I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, I, I just got to say, like, um, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for, for everybody that was there to watch, you know, all my fans that, that supported me, you know, through it all. Um, you know, my parents who, you know, brought brought yeah. brought the idea of, of of rolling to me. You know, I really, I just gave it my 110 percent, uh, and um, beautiful. You know, yeah. you, you put the work into it, and it's going to pay off. It's it's going to pay off in the end. And, Clearly, it did. So I just hope for everybody that was watching, you know, they were motivated and uh, that I was able to, you know, inspire someone and, and build that dream. You know. That if they work hard enough and play hard enough over time, that one day they yeah. too can achieve it. Justin's the hardest working team ever. He really is. He, just, he runs sprints every morning. Every morning, every, he every roll, morning. goes on dice stream. He rolls 25 die in the morning, 25 die at night just to get right. his... I do my digital practice. I do my physical practice. <laughs> you have to bring him to physio at least three or four times it's for true. wrist injuries. Yeah. Yes, it's yes. tough. I think, in fact, it. I think he's being scouted right now too for uh, for a, for a pro league. So yeah, yeah, well done, man. You you earned it. You we won't stand in his way. We won't stand in his way. 
It was amazing stuff, uh, Justin. I was I was at the gym the other night, and uh, they were on the big screen there. They were rolling like highlights reels of NASCAR cars just destroying themselves and like people dunking it. And then there was you just rolling that dice. It was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think I made it to number two. Number two yeah. of the top ten. Yeah. 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 It's gone yeah. worldwide. Yeah, right, right after the monkey that got the... Yeah, uh, got, got killed. I think um, I think you impressed Aisha because she made that little um, montage video for you. So, yes. you know, <laughs> again, Aisha being a community member who's really active. And uh, so it's... Those little things that happen in game that then the community talks about, Folklore. brings up, creates, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's what makes the stream special, I think. And, it's uh, the stuff of legends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, well, again, we're, we're here today because of the community. Yes, yeah, true. That's yeah, it. Right? Like we know each other through community. Yeah, that, and that's right. I mean, that, that's the whole reason that you and I got together, Matt, and, you know, we met in that parking lot in, in our cars, and it was a beautiful <laughs> night, don't get me wrong. But, but I mean, this all came about because of the community, and, and it is true. And, I mean, I always sound a bit, you know, uh, maybe too thankful at times, but the truth is I don't think there there's any um, – Anything without what what uh, viewers have done for us, and and Aisha is a great example. I mean, yeah, you know, something fun happens on the stream. Within the week, she, she sends an, a video of of the highlight of that, and it's just so yeah. cool. It's so cool. Which, which is usually us being idiots. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> us talking about poop or something. Yeah, there, there's usually a, a, a line there. All right, guys. Before we get all huggy, I've got a divisive. <laughs> I've got a super divisive quick fire Invictus quiz. Um, Good. And initially, we only thought Harlan was going to be on. So this is going to be better because we'll be able to oh, hear you squabbling awesome. at the other end. All right. That's so what we do. A, question A. Uh, who's, who's, who amongst the Invictus stream is most likely to become a future Prime Minister of Canada? Justin. Yeah, well, probably Justin. Done? You all agree? Just because we're progressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely Justin. Well, I've got the right name for it. He's got the right name for it. Yeah. Justin Thomas James, Prime Minister of Canada. That's right. uh, nothing so not, else. Not that divisive. Plus all then. the rest of us have a criminal record. So yeah, it's tough. Sure. Guy six months yeah. Besides, Canada's also got a history now of uh, a standard to keep up of sexy Prime Ministers. That, that's, that's what it is. And, true. Yeah, yeah, Justin is, like, he's a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe quadruple threat. All right, quest, quest, question B then. Hopefully we can get yeah. a bit more angry about this one. Good, good uh, question. Who's, who's most likely to own a Celine Dion greatest hits? Oh, definitely Chris. Yeah, Chris. Chris. I think he's got the widest variety of music taste. Yeah. Uh, French, French background. Yeah, the French, French background. background. Yeah. And yeah. I know he cries every time Titanic comes on. So. Every time. Definitely. And, and it's true. He's like, he'll just run down the stairs and be like, I'm king of the world. Yeah. Big he'll gestures. jump on like top of slides. I'm top, king of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I had. I, there's no need to go on. I had. I had Avril Lavigne and Justin Bieber's backups, but we're happy with the Celine Dion. That's good. All right, who's who's most likely to beat others in a feat of strength? Oh. Chris. Chris. Uh, oh. Chris. Uh, I'm gonna put my money on Mike. I. It's between Mike and Chris. no. No. See. No. See. Depends on what the feat okay, of strength. Okay. Feet of strength, maybe. But if we're like physically feet of strength, like. Like, like, actually, <laughs> like you can pre <laughs> measure fetus strength, prehensile toes. Like two months in the womb. I thought it was like feet. Yeah, no, I, I would say if it's a, like a, um, like I'm gonna lift this big rock and put it over here. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be Chris, and it's also because Chris has the I will not fail. Yeah, I think Chris is determined to do it. He, like, like. 
it, put it to the four of us, I'd be like, nah. Uh, Justin would be like, oh, let me try. Mike would be like, oh, I don't know about that. And Chris would be like, I, I just did it five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And he'd sing. He'd sing. I gotta make, we'll go that's right. I got to make up for Celine Dion. So who's the, who's the bit, uh, most likely to beat the others in a feat of strong smells? Justin. Wait, like like producing or like withstanding? It's just the question. Yeah. Yeah, it's open like, to interpretation. Got stronger olfactory sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Like resisting right. smells, probably still Justin. I, you know what? Either way, I'm going to go Justin. Yeah. It's not Chris. I'm the, the stinkiest. And oh also, yeah, I'd say the, I'd say the stinkiest. I am the most trained to deal with. That's stink. true. Yeah. yeah. So do I we stink right now. Sorry, we keep talking each other. Who's, who's what's the definitive answer? Who's Justin. The, Justin. Justin stinkiest. That, Justin, oh, yeah. you're Kraloff, uh, right? Yes. So stinkiest and the most resilient to smells. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Uh, yeah. And finally, who's most likely to borrow dice and never return dice? Oh, that's, no, that's a, a tough one. That is tough. Mm, I don't know. Um, we should roll on it. <laughs> <laughs> Any dice around? Never return. That's never been a problem. Has that, that been a problem for you? Well, okay. When we were in university, we had a gaming group. Uh, yeah. And we all used to bring dice in to share. I happen to take all those dice, and I still have them. So, oh. <laughs> but, 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 I would go. argue that you didn't borrow them. You were were you not designated to house them? And every time I see you, you're like, "Hey, I've got your dice. Here are your dice. And yeah, please take them." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my conscience feels terrible. I don't know. Has that happened to you, Matt? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I've been known to abscond with a dice or two. Yeah, yeah. I'm, did you? Yeah. Uh, no, no one important, but... <laughs> no one important. Uh, it sounds important. It sounds important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more like that, you know, the dice okay? that... Yeah. I was just going to say, it, it's more like it's the dice that rolls off the table. It's not your fault. <laughs> no, no, you've opened guilty wounds now. Um, I've got to get this out. Yeah, if that dice falls off the table that everybody's left and nobody picks up and I can't remember whose it was... It goes in my dice pack, in my dice pack. I box. guess that's the difference between Australians and uh, Canadians. And, and I, I do have to change. <laughs> it, yeah. it is your fault. Yeah. No, you know what? I mean, put it this way: with us, it, it would be the same. It would be the same. More, more so, just because, like, well, like pick it up and carry it because if you ever needed it, it would go back to you in the sense of like, oh, I, you know, I grabbed your dice off the floor. Do you want exactly. it back? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Also, I buy a ton of dice, so... <laughs> I think I put too much uh, personification in my dice. You know, I feel sorry for that one dice that's been left behind, you know, and you know that there's a, you know, the other seven or eight dice from the same set that are, are missing him, you know? Yeah. That D4 that's just abandoned. Yeah. I, but I think that's good to personify inanimate objects. I, I don't read books because I don't want to bend the pages. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you dare split up, you know, the, uh, the classic D100? <laughs> the, um, well, that was the quiz. So I guess you you succeed you successfully passed. So yeah. congratulations. You can continue on. We all start squabbling. Is that is that the goal? <laughs> yeah, we'll try yeah. harder next time. Already? <laughs> yeah, did, did you have the answer to the quiz already? Did we pass? <laughs> well, Justin, I think Justin came out the clear winner um, oh. with uh, two answers to. Well, the feats of, feats of strength in the smell department, I think, uh, clearly leaves uh, Justin out in front. Actually, I, I was hoping more like argumentative, like like who, who do you think played the best character, or like who do you think Ooh, is the best right. color, or who, who do you think is the who's better the best ju- color? Eh? Or who works <laughs> the hardest? 
So uh, who, who, who likes the best? What is the best color? Purple. Red, red obviously. Yeah, red. <laughs> red. Uh, Speaking of colors, the shirts. Green he, by far. <laughs> somebody's yeah, been. No, like, Justin and Chris already both said that they I wish know. they had got purple. I know. So no, there's three quarters of the group right there. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah the not, only thing we define we, by colors over here is uh, the Wiggles. Now, I don't know if you know what? the Wiggles over there, but <laughs> they, uh, yeah. clearly they fit into the uh, you know, stereo, stereotype for life. But um, we've only got That's one other... That's what we model ourselves after. Yeah, the Wiggles are an allegorical <laughs> representation of, I think, what we all believe. We were actually going to go with the Wiggles, but we found it was copywritten, so we went with Invictus. Yeah, it was originally the Wiggles stream. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. understandable. And, but we kept getting, like, too many weird hits. Yeah, a lot of weird porn hits. I don't know why, but people <laughs> like Wiggles porn. I don't, so when not I look... sure I get the... But, you know, it's... Well, when I, when I looked up Invictus, it said uh, it's a short uh, Victorian poem by uh, William Ernest Henley, which is regarding the Wiggles, uh, mostly about yeah, the Wiggles. Yeah, you're right. Out of yeah. the Dark Night Covers Me is, is, is the first line of their most popular hit. Yes. And, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing foresight that guy had because he did, rewrote it back in uh, 1988. Oh, 1888. Wow. Yeah. I know. He did, he did really well. I got to give Henley credit on that but obviously the wiggles are just tr- they transcend time they, yeah. they go back yeah to uh you know the, the beginning of time very nostradamus of him they're the yeah very nostradamus <laughs> his, his follow-up poem was small blue car not as quite <laughs> not the same kind yeah. of hit that the wiggles had <laughs> no it was rubbish that's true it wasn't it wasn't as popular for whatever reason no just didn't have the right stuff that the kids were after that day in the all right yeah <laughs> this is the question which might uh set the world aflame and it's our classic Seven land hand question, which is Good. how do you cool. stack your board games? Stack them? Yeah. Oh, sideways. <laughs> sideways? From, from biggest to smallest is the way I do it. There you <laughs> go. So, like, large, like, sideways, so you can read the sideways lit, the label, and then from biggest and then to smallest. I stack them on top of each other. I'm not sure that's what he means. Oh, what? no, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Or, or are you saying rating? No, 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 no. As no. in, how do you store them in your house? And stacking them well, from size in size orders them. exactly, yeah. right? Oh, it's like, how oh you mean how do you rate them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Stack them. Yeah, no, I, st- I stack them. Uh, no, I don't stack them on the side. I stack them up and down. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Whatever fits, because I don't have a big shelf. But I think you're supposed to do them on the side, aren't you? I, there's no supposed to. They call that the Tetris effect, I think, where you just try to you slot them all in there. That's what I do. Yeah. And my wife's much better at Tetris, so she does it. I, I dangle mine from the ceiling like chandeliers. That's right. You <laughs> That's do. beautiful. I do, yeah. Actually, you know what? Board game-wise, I don't think... Justin, you have, what, one or two? Maybe? I've got I've got Stratego. Yeah. Wow. I've got two. Yeah. We're, we're very much... Um, I, I, the four of us, Invictus, acts as a, as a single entity. You know when that's but that's the truth, and that's why uh, the dice. You know who takes the dice thing doesn't apply in the same sense to us because when it comes to dice, it's like oh, do you, or do you have the dice this time? Oh yeah, I do. So <laughs> like board game wise, the four of us have a lot of board games, but I think if you break it down, I don't think Michael or Justin have that many. Chris has a few, and I have like ninety percent. So but you... role playing wise, I think it breaks down like miniatures. Mike has almost all the miniatures. Dice, I have a fuck ton of dice. Chris has a ton of books, which he does for the Numenera and stuff like that. Justin has all the personality. <laughs> I've got imagination. <laughs> right? He's got all the imagination. I've got a of stories in my head uh, that uh, we crack out sometimes. I think it's because when we game, 
And that, I think that's the big thing, too. I think a lot of other gamers bring their games to new people and stuff like that. And we try to, obviously. But in our you know group of friends... It's just the four of us, really. So no matter where we're playing and when we're playing, one of these four people are going to be there with you, if not all of them. So it, it, it's sort of they just transfer. You know, I don't think any of these guys have played, you know, really board games without another or two people in there, unless it's like a Monopoly on a family night or something like that. So we're all sort of just together. Because what it comes down to is we don't really like anyone else. No, we don't. We're very <laughs> terrible people. We're awful people. We barely like each other. Yeah, we only like each other. It's, you know, it's it's groups of terrible people flock together, I think is the old adage that Henley also added. I've heard in that his, yeah. I hate people. Yeah. Hey, St- Stephen King, uh, Stephen, Stephen Wright, sorry, had uh, the comedian had a line about having a large she- uh, seashell collection and he kept it stored around beaches uh, around the world. <laughs> Um, so I think, that's exactly it yeah, all of our think, books are in other people's houses yeah. in stores people are just take what we need the same system for storing your board games so that's the um, the Stephen Wright yeah. method I think yeah. we'll name that one <laughs> the Stephen Wright method I'm sure yeah. someone's already come up with that but um, how do you go? In Canada, it's all sharing, so you can just walk into a store and, and take it off the shelf, and you don't, you know, as long as you don't tell anybody, it's usually pretty good. Or you say sorry. <laughs> or you say sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Uh, how how do you go about gaming, fitting your your wives, partners, significant others into your uh, gaming pursuits and your particular RPGs? Well. Uh, yeah, Justin, Justin doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, well, for Chris and I, we're married. Uh, not to each other, but we would like to be. Um, we, we include them, I mean, typically the two of us, uh, the four of us, I should say, would have game nights and things like that. Board games, mainly. RPGs, though, we both played. In fact, all of us have played with our significant others in a, in a big, massive game. But the truth is, at least for my wife, and I would probably say the same with Chris's wife, they enjoy RPGs, but they're not the kind to pursue. Uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, I, my wife has never come up to me and been like, hey, do you mind if I get in on a game? You know, they, they, they enjoy it. They love playing with us. Yeah, I think it's about being with, with us and being with the group and yeah. being around the table. And I have to of... say, though, uh, supportive. Both of our wives are oh. super supportive of the absolute, like the the Deadlands campaign. I know that I was running the ideas past her the whole time, and she helped me a great deal, flushing out the the web of concocted story that's going to come up. And in the art the, for Numenera. Oh yeah, she's yeah. art she's, uh, drawing yeah, some right. creatures and stuff. Yeah. For, and and call, and Hall, my wife uh, for uh, for Call of Cthulhu, she writ, wrote the whole story. I just took credit. No, but she did. But she did. <laughs> I did. I did run a lot of ideas by her, um, and actually. I don't know if it was her idea, but she really helped me get there for the big finale of Call of Cthulhu where, not to ruin it, but it, it kind of comes full circle where the, the something that happens in the first or second episode comes back at the end. She was instrumental in me coming to that sort of big conclusion because she kept bouncing ideas and being like, well, what about if you did this? So, no, bo- both of uh, our wives are extremely uh, supportive. Yep. Uh, and my girlfriend Amanda is also incredibly supportive. Uh, and she's new to RPGs as well. Like, she never played them before meeting me. Uh, again, one of the reasons why I've got the multicolored dice. Yeah. Uh, but she she really enjoys it. Uh, and, yeah, I can't say she's been anything but supportive of, like, being on stream. And she's actually one of the members now and saying hello to people yeah. as we go and that yeah. sort of thing. I used to hide the fact that I role played so I could meet women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not hiding it anymore. I don't hide it anymore. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, like I'm not married or anything like that, but I would say that my biggest um, difficulty with RPGs is, is with work. 
my work life, uh, I do find if I'm in the middle of a campaign or if I'm excited for, you know, the Wednesday game coming up, I can't, you know, help but think about it or spend my entire shift at work when I'm supposed to be. And old people die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nursing home, so uh, I I can be with a resident who's, you know, like passed out and I'm, you know, I sing to them. And um, I could be totally off in my own world, not really paying attention to what's going on and just just thinking about, oh, what what is my character going to do this week? What what story can I throw at the the players? I just picture a fire going on behind Justin as he's sitting at a desk keeping a pencil yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, but it is true. I think yeah, it, it really cuts into my work schedule. <laughs> but, but but not in a bad way. In case anyone that Justin works with or is employed with hears this podcast, and uh, you know, ah, uh, well. <laughs> I mean, if they hear this podcast, and if my boss hears this podcast, kudos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really interest. And and also, um, I'll see you I'm there for a race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's interesting because. Um, Harlan's wedding photo shoot was a, a zombie theme yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, cool. and I was walking in work, and one of the district managers comes up and goes, I just saw you on the Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, and he was very supportive of the whole thing. Not that that was like role-playing-wise, but he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm part of this like... Just- I, I follow like geeky role playing games online and stuff. And if you have any other zombie photo shoots, shoots that you got to do, just don't worry. Just tell me. Take the day off. You know, yeah. Do what you got. Like, we're more than sort of about any sort of zombie related uh, things you want to want to partake in. Well, he works in a hardware store, so that's where people get their supplies. That's, that's true. Product. In fact, the more he knows about zombies, the better he could sell. That know, is shot- very We're true. not shotguns. We were in Canada. Pieces of wood with nails in them. I'm looking for a blunt trauma weapon. What else? <laughs> yeah. Well, that rape with the axe attached to it. <laughs> it's funny. My my wife Kate, the first time she off, uh, offered to come and play an RPG with me, um, it was the first time I'd run a game from home. She named her character Booberella, and I knew how it was going to go from that point. I never, <laughs> I, I yeah, never saw her crazy. again. <laughs> In, in well, gaming. I never, never saw a game. Never won her again, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So you know, I guess we all have different experiences. So you know, my yeah, wife's not a gamer, again, but she appreciates. I was going to say sorry. my wife. Sorry, Helen. My my wife isn't a gamer, but she supports my gaming <clears throat> pursuits. You know. Beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's where you know the, the similarities would be. I think I mean obviously if you're in a healthy relationship, it, it, it would be like that. I like how nice that she supports you was, regardless of your challenges. I was gonna say it's supports <laughs> mean enables. <laughs> but we, we are in a we are in a large shed down the bottom of a large property, a long way away from my wife. I'm not drawing any conclusions from that, but that's well, where you're safe. Yeah, we're safe. Nothing's gonna happen. All right, well, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You good? Ple- hey, pleasure is all ours. This has been an absolute blast. It's a great, uh, great finally getting to talk to you guys. We uh, love se- everything you guys do. Uh, really fantastic stuff. I mean, you guys obviously um, put a lot of work and passion into it. And I think that's the similarity between us and, uh, and you guys and a yeah, lot of absolutely. other groups like this that we're passionate about it. And and that is what. Um, what I'm so excited mm-hmm. to kind of be a part of this community that, that well, does that. That's exactly it. It's the, the community aspect, bringing like-minded individuals together and sharing it with the world. That's, and that's making everyone know that they're cult. okay. And a big cult. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, it's like that arm around the back just saying, you're, you're okay. You're okay. You can be one of us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what, actually, not to delve too much on the point, but to go back to this, how this all started, you know, when, when we did do this, I, one of the reasons we did want to start a community and a community with a very specific mindset was because obviously not you guys and not a lot of communities we associate with, but I do find that RPGs in general can be very exclusive, very dividing. And I know when I personally started, which was well behind these guys, um, I only started playing them a few years ago. When I would try to get into, you know, a group or get into asking questions about it, the, 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 there were a lot of toxic communities out there that were kind of just like, yeah. oh, you know, you're not doing this right or the rules. So when we really started doing this in a, in a sense of involving the community, we wanted to make a place where, look, y- you don't know, that's fine. That's the fun of it. We don't we do rules light, which can be frustrating to some people, but because we just want to show that. It's, it's cumulative storytelling. It's, it's about sharing experience and having fun and doing a bit of acting. That's and it. that's what really needs to come true with, with role-playing games. Yeah. Your rules can sometimes get in the way. So, you know, but playing rules light, as you said, is uh, often a way to entice new gamers, new players in, get people interested. And then you're not caught up with uh, the, me- the whole mechanics of the game while you're trying to watch the stream or trying to, to do the stream. You're uh, on to the next thing quickly, which is uh, yeah. a smart way to do it. Well, you are players and you are playing, so you think this should be fun. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Well, and, that, and, that's, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I know a lot of people, even in the community, have posted their own experiences about, oh, man, I'm dealing with, you know, problems or, or I'm, I problem can't stand players or... problem players and things like that, which we all deal with, don't get me wrong. But yeah. I, I think even, even ourselves, we have to bring ourselves back to the point, look, this is meant to be fun. If a... And and we will all do this, you know. If a great decision in a game, um, you know, is is going to push the story forward, you know, the dice rolls come secondary. It's about telling a great story. It's about having a great experience. It's about creating a really fun environment. And I think that's yeah. what we always try to to come through. Yeah, and that's good encourage in our audience and community. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, and I I enjoy the stream. Um, look. Being on the other side of the world, the time difference, I, I, I'm at school when you guys are doing it. So I often I get in that sneaky little peek to see what's going on. A couple of comments <laughs> here and there and uh, spend a little XP, you know, flash a little mm. cash. And then next thing I know, the kids are coming back to class and I've got to stop. But when I cut the school holidays, I know I can spend some quality time watching the stream. He is a teacher. And- it's not that he's uh, like a 38-year-old yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 Sneaky peek, a lot of children during the day. No, I'm kidding. Actually, Chris is also... Uh, a teacher too so yeah. we we know about all the sneaky peeks thank you guys so much for having us this has been a, a real blast really appreciate it and yeah. uh and and again i'm so happy that you're a part of the community and that, that we get to be doing stuff like this together yeah i'll have to do it again sometime absolutely i'll tell you what i give you all uh i give you all 10 xp <laughs> for, uh, for for being such an awesome stream. And That's community. so cool. Can this be spent on seven land hand stuff? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All of it. Yeah. Perfect. So, you know that die that fell off the table and you picked up? <laughs> I want that. Yeah. Send that to me. <laughs> Has anyone have, have you got anything for the wall behind you yet, Harlan? Yeah, you know what, actually, I, and I should have pointed, pointed it out last week, I forgot, but right now I have framed a letter that Aisha Lyle wrote to us. Um, and, and Bob. And Bob, sorry. He did sign the bottom. <laughs> says, P.S. Yeah, what Aisha said. 
Um, and again, I mean, the idea of the, the frame was just to have a little bit of content that, that, you know, friends of the stream provided. So we got something in there right now. Actually, yeah. we've, we've got something for you. We'll grab a mailing address off you off air and, uh, and we'll, we'll send something out to you. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll send you a care package. Hey, that would be fantastic <laughs> and, and awesome. Yeah, getting from Thank here you. to there, though, it'll probably take a couple of months. But anyway. And it'll probably cost about $300 and it'll be like, this costs $300 just for this? I but, think, oh, it's a, I it's think a Canadian dollars are the same well, as Australian Well, thank you, guys. Dollars. That's a very, very kind gesture. Thank you. Actually, I'm going to Gen Con. I'll wait until I'm in Gen Con and I'll mail it from there, well, from Indianapolis. Where, where is Gen? Oh, Indianapolis? Yeah. Indianapolis, yeah. yeah. This nice. Year. Well, there you go. That's a perfect idea. Saving postage already. I think I'm still recording, so now I'm starting to sound cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, hey, that, in Canada, that is not cheap. That is logical. We're big on that. We save money anyway. prudent. That's very prudent. Prudent, <laughs> the word of the day. All right. Next up, it's uh, an interview with Matthew Lee from the Campaigner Matt. Yeah, he's uh, based in South Australia. South in Australia. Adelaide. Yeah. And this is an interview that we uh, got a chance to have an insight into someone who actually produces a magazine about gaming content. So, uh, and that recorded back in 2016, Matt. It's, it's 2016 now, David. Yeah. yeah. Future proof? Future proof. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Matt. Uh, Matthew Lee's he Matthew Lee I should say not Lee's yeah. that'd be confused with somebody else who's also in the gaming industry. Um, he is the editor of the magazine and he also does a lot of the the work behind the scenes the inter, uh, the um, articles stuff like that. Yeah, he gets and, other writers in to do the magazines, but he does a lot of the work himself. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. and he actually releases it uh, in as a hard physical form so you can obtain the magazine in in uh, hard print yeah hard copy or uh, it's released on mag cloud where you can uh, just if you like the digital version you're yeah. up with it you're savvy with the tech if you like flicking through it whilst you're trying to teach your class of kids there you go you can yeah. uh, obs- i don't do that no I, no I don't matt, I, I, matt, only once our matt wouldn't do that no <laughs> then uh, you can download it from mag cloud yeah and uh it was he's part of the south australian tabletop Gaming Society, Society yeah. that's about right, yeah. isn't it? So he's, he has his origins back in uh, a lot of wargaming and has sort of branched out from there into yeah. other areas. Started a magazine about 2012, I think, so yep. it's been going First for quite a while. So you have lots of stuff to look back on because I think, as you'll hear in the, in, the mag- in the interview, that he tries to keep the magazine pretty much uh, future-proof, uh, yeah. tries to keep it so you can read it pretty much at any time and get something out of it. It's also produced quarterly, so in, in other words, there's a lot of... Uh, time for there to be uh, stuff to read, you know, interesting yeah. events that have happened to report on things like that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, an I, example I of a guy doing community building in exactly. South Australia. Yeah. So I think we should uh, tear away to him now. Let's, oh, should I mention where you can find yes, information? Yes, yes, so let's do that. You can uh, visit the Campaigner Magazine at www.thecampaignermagazine.com or you can contact at the same name... Uh, and if you want, you can also contact through MagCloud. There's various links all over the place. It's uh, very accessible and uh, quite a good read. Yeah, we'll be on the show notes as well for today. We'll try and sort something out on our page as well, so we might be able to find him on a regular basis. The latest issue is, in fact, about to hit hit the stores, internets, the internet. Yes, okay. or if you prefer, the hard copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, here he is with us back in 2016. It's 2016. Future proof. Matthew. Hello. Hey, how are you? 
I'm well. Are we sounding all right? Yes, I can hear you. Hopefully you can hear me. Great. I can hear you clearly. Can you hear me? I'm, I'm Matthew. Yep. <laughs> this is oh, going to okay. be not very confusing. No, you're Matt, right? I'm Matt. Who's Matt? You're Matt. I'm Math- Matt. Matthew Lee's Matthew Lee. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. You're like an adverb, yeah. an adverb of a person. <laughs> uh, Matthew Lee. That's exactly right, yeah. Damn right. Cool. You're what my wife calls me when she's disappointed in me in something. Okay. <laughs> so that's all the time, right? Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, a man with, a, a, man with a, a similar accent tonight. Isn't that strange for us at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> We've uh, been scoping the world for, at the moment and speaking to uh, all, all parts. Uh, uh, Bruno Cathal. That's he was, right, yeah. That, yeah. Was, uh, that was cool. That was, you know, tricky to follow. Yeah, and he didn't Todd. understand us. We didn't understand him. Yeah. Oh, Todd. <laughs> yeah, Todd's a good guy. Hey, G. Anyway, we're just showing off here. What's going on, Matthew? Yeah, right. We could we can compare notes if you want. Right? Yeah, yeah. Show off a bit. What have you been doing? Uh, well, I, 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 this is my week for podcasts. Apparently, I was just on another podcast on Tuesday. I recorded one. What, uh, what was that? You can you can I think you can name drop in. You're in good company. We'll just edit it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was for that was for D D one DLC. So they're a, they're a new kind of podcast. That, yeah, thirteenth episode or something. I think it was. Yeah, uh, they're a, lo- a local bunch of guys. All right, within the community that you kind of operate within. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the, right. the Adelaide. They they're mostly digital focused, but yeah, they they, they do just deal with games generally. So. Well, if they're anything like us, by the thirteenth episode, they're well, well and truly deep into the knob gags. Because <laughs> we've matured That's, since I, then. <laughs> well, I think I, dri- I dropped a couple of knob gags myself in that yeah. episode. So. Well, look, don't hold back, Matthew. You know, if you feel like if a few if, if a few come up, yeah, we're open to them. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've actually connected with quite a few podcasts. I see. I was reading an uh, an a. Uh, an edition of the campaigner, and yep. you, there was an advert in there for Dice Hard. Yes, yeah. and I and that immediately, as soon as I, I read that, I, I looked them up and I gave them a listen, and uh, I, I was very I was very entertained. I have to say, uh, it was a very interesting concept. Um, David probably hasn't seen it, but no. uh, they take movies, popular movie tropes, and they pitch make elevator pitches for board games about them. And, okay. Uh, so Dice Hard being the name of the, the first one that they did. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Hard and, uh, so they just take it and they say, this is what the game would look like and, yeah. hope, so, and hope that someone makes it. Well, they pitch it. They're three of them, three guys, and then they... Uh, I don't yeah. know where they are. Do you know where they are? Yeah, they're in, uh, they're in Melbourne. And they're in Melbourne. So they yeah. uh, took turns pitching uh, their vision of what the board game version of the movie would like. And they tackle, uh, in later episodes, <clears throat> uh, Groundhog Day and, uh, and Aliens. So... Yeah, I thought. It was, thanks for putting me onto that straight off. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you take part in one of those episodes, Matthew? Uh, not yet. They've asked me to be on one at some point. Oh, uh, spoilers! I'm going, to be, I'm going to be doing The Martian, I think. Oh, cool! <laughs> I think uh, Ignacy Treswick has got in there. <laughs> that just means they're just going to drive you out into the outback somewhere and abandon you. <laughs> <laughs> So like, take footage of this, Matthew. We'll see how you go. We'll be back in a week. Of oh, oh, 475 souls. See you later. <laughs> hey, um, so what's, what's your usual sort of favourite game that you bang out these days, Matthew? Uh, 
that I... Oh, it, that you're playing. It, what were you playing at yeah, the moment? Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends what crowd I'm with, but uh, yeah. you know, if, if it's a slightly experienced... Well, if, if you get to players, choose your crowd, yeah. <laughs> which what, what would you play if you, well, it was I, up to you? I really like Euphoria uh, by uh, Stone Mayer Games. Uh, so... Is that, is that a... Blank faces over here. What have we got, <laughs> what have we got for you for? Euphoria is that uh, dystopian... Yeah. Uh, worker placement. Well, worker placement game, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not an old release. I think it's in the last three or four years, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it'd be like the last two or three. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you, you, were, you were saying... I, I haven't played it myself, so you're the expert here. <laughs> oh, that's a... <laughs> it's, it's a stretch. <laughs> so, what were your impressions? Uh, I I really like it. Like it's it's a it's only slightly complex game. There's a lot of different kind of working parts to it. So, I like I like there's kind of like a, a few different things you can do and and you can uh, sort of sort of screw over other players, which is always nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's got, it's got the, uh, I've got it here, Euphoria, uh, with the subheading of Build a Better Dystopia. It's from, tw- it was yes. from 2013. There you go. So not that long ago. No. It takes that oh, yeah. very Orwellian, I think, in, in the you know, fa- tackling dystopia society. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's, it's by Fun Again Games. I don't think I've heard of those guys well, either. Well, I think they picked it up. Um, right. Yeah. Was it a redo? It was a it was a Kickstarter release. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, in yeah. that day, and uh, yeah, it just took off from there. But I think it's one of those ones that has sort of slipped under the radar. Yeah, I'm not Matthew's radar. <laughs> no. Are you right here? Crowdfunding <laughs> Kickstarter. And yeah, well, yeah. It was basic. It was basically that. Uh, I think it, it, it didn't do very many commercial uh, runs of it. So. Oh, so there wasn't a big retail release. No. No. Uh, it was, Yes, yeah, so that's probably why it slipped through the net. Yeah. Do you, given that that's the one you like to bring to the table, do you have a favourite uh, type of game? No, no, not really. <laughs> I, like all, I like all of them. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what draws you into a game then? Is it like the theme, the genre, the mechanics, the uh, your your best mate who won't let you get away without playing it? You know, what, what forces you? What twists you? Normally, normally the, me- the mechanics, I think, is one of the things I enjoy. It's just, uh, it's, you know, seeing how somebody's taken an idea about how things work together yeah. and then seeing how they've applied it to whatever it is that they're applying it to. Do you think that that's maybe a result of your background, which, I, as I understand, is a miniatures gaming? Uh, yeah, possibly. Because they're very, you know, very mechanics-driven, those sort of games. Yeah, not they, much... they are pretty, normally they're pretty dense, yeah. yeah not a lot of room for... Uh, for interpretation, I think. No, not if you're not if you're playing another serious tabletop player. No, <laughs> I did. I did notice that your first one you, you, in your uh, editorial, one of the first games you picked up was Hero Quest. Ah, and, classic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what, what can you tell us about or your experience with Hero Quest? Because I think Dave and I both we've all played that game at some point. I've got Space Quest around here somewhere. We're in the we're in the shed, you know. <laughs> Space 
Crusade. Yeah, Space, oh, Space Crusade. Crusade. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Space Quest is uh, something, something slightly <laughs> different, actually. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Space Crusade, exactly the same game as uh, his Hero Quest, but uh, in space. Yes, with guns. Yeah. <laughs> so, who did you bring that to the table with uh, back in your youth? Uh, it would have been uh, me and my brother, and then uh, uh, my friend and his brother as well. That's mm. they were kind of like the four of us would have played Hero Quest, and then that was also where we moved into tabletop uh, yeah. war games and stuff as well. Us four. Did you have a crack at painting the miniatures for Hero Quest? Uh, yes, yes, I yes we did very <laughs> very badly, but because yeah. this was this is the at the point where there wasn't really. Uh, games workshop stores in Australia, or at least in our our area. So uh, it was like a, you know an enamel based paints or whatever that we were using. <laughs> yeah, I had a mate who did that. Um, he might be listening actually. His name's Andrew, but I'll leave it at that. And he had a box full of these miniatures, and they were all enamel paint mm. painted with enamel paints. You know, like really strong, bold colours. That I think it went from like. Um, War miniatures, like, you know, for tanks and vehicles and stuff like that, is the sort of thing you paint that with. But then, you know, you just paint a barbarian with that and you had this really super bronzed look, (laughs) just roughly this (laughs) leather satchel paint, you know. And no um, no, uh, skin tone definitely. No. No. Everything everything gunmetal looked amazing. (laughs) So is that your most uh, prized? Game possession? Do you think your Hero Quest? Do you still have it? Yes. Or I, no, I have a different copy actually. I've still got some of my original one, uh, but I do have another copy of Hero Quest. Yes. But I think if you're going to talk about most prized board game, tabletop game possession, yeah. be the, my original copy of uh, Warhammer Quest. Which oh is yeah. Kind kind of like Hero Quest, but it was modular tiles and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. That that came out... Well, that was one of... I don't think it was the first, but it was one of Games Workshop's first forays into um, the miniature side of... Uh, the miniature tabletop game rather than the miniature wargaming. Like a boxed-up game rather than a, a bunch of miniatures that you collect separately. Is that well, what you it, it was a bit later. I think here at, uh, Warhammer Quest was 95. Yeah. Whereas uh, they actually did another game like... Ten years before Advanced Hero Quest, which was along oh, the same lines as man, that's that's yeah. yeah, I remember that. Um, how how as you get older, the memory starts to fade. It's cool. It? It's cool how we're <laughs> attached to these games, though, because like I think if I if if there was a Hero Quest out there in a reasonable condition, I would I would go I would buy that, you know. And I think you know for anyone that was born after. 2000 <laughs> they'd be like what's, what's this garbage you know they would think it's the worst game ever but i'd be like come on let's play it this is so cool i was just like, well, a lovely actually, charm hero quest actually isn't that bad still like uh, be a couple of years ago now i did a feature on hero quest in yeah. a campaigner and i got three guys who are kind of like modern tabletop players uh and they're like board game war game players and stuff and i got them to play Three of the quests in Hero Quest, so basically they, the first, yeah, they the first one, the middle, and they and they, you know, I'm sure if they if they had a score or whatever, give it like 85. percent They seemed mostly quite happy with it. So, wow. and they hadn't seen it before. Uh, 
Two of them hadn't ever seen it before. One of them had played it a couple of times. Wow, well, that's a good rap. We better be getting. We'll get in touch with Board Game Geek. Hey, we'll, we're a resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think David and you and I both have a copy of uh, Blood Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I think in you've got an earlier copy than I have. Yeah, I've got you've... the polystyrene uh, pitch <laughs> version. Wow. And, and I've got the first board version that they bought out. But yeah. Um, it, it, like you said, talking about attachment to those era of games, uh, I've had that since as long as I can remember. It's for the most part still unpainted, but you know everything's there and everything's uh, in its place and has been yeah. lovingly looked after, except for the box. The box has had you know lots of things pounded into it and, and stacked on top of it yeah, over the years, taken the holes. But yeah. everything inside is pristine, which uh, you know I'm very proud of. But um, it's, it's much the same as Matt himself. Of. He looks very battered, but inside <laughs> he has a, an amazing, amazingly healthy body, but the outside of it's just a wreck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's, that's not too far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so with Campaigner, that's how we uh, got in touch, how we, how we know of you. Uh, that yes. started back in 2012? Is that uh, about right? Yeah, four years ago. So, yeah, 2012. <laughs> yeah, what, what inspired you to start the project up? Um, well, I wanted, I was interested in game design. This yeah. seems to happen a lot. You'll have people who are like, I'm interested in game design, but they normally go off and actually design look, games. Design games, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, I was looking at, because I had, I had kind of like only a vague inkling about how it is that you design a game. And I like to, whenever I approach anything, I like to know at least a little bit about what I'm getting into. Yeah. Um, and I also, I, I found that. It's normal. I find it's normally easier for me to learn using examples than just reading like a process or whatever. Yeah. So I was looking for kind of like examples or stuff people had written about where they'd, you know, how they developed a tabletop game and all that kind of stuff. And I just there wasn't really anything around, and and kind of my little like the, that little section of my brain that sees a little hole in the market, <laughs> kind of latched onto it. <laughs> Yeah, and didn't let it go. Yes, and didn't let it go because <laughs> I've also I've also got I I spent four years earlier this century working in publishing in the design uh, in a in a design role. So I had I have quite an attachment to magazines as a medium. Fair enough. Yeah. So what over the course of that time then what changes have you made since? that first edition came out. Uh, I've had a look at both the, the first and uh, a few of the more recent ones. So what, what did you refine, you if you it, like, yeah. yeah, to develop it into what it currently is, this <clears throat> latest edition? Uh, a lot less spelling mistakes now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as an editor, that's quite important. You always used to spell yeah. campaigner with a P. Yeah, <laughs> that was a biggie early yeah. on. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, um, yeah, mostly it's just been refining the focus of it and trying to make sure that it that I'm able to put co- content in it that is going to be relevant for quite a while. So it's doesn't date. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the idea behind it. It's, I don't. I want. Um, you should be able to pick up. You know, issue one and get. Something as much else. out of it as being able to pick up the latest issue. So 
Yeah, we find that with the. I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of the board games. We'd like we monthly now. We're doing a board games um, podcast, and um, for most of our stretch, like about three years of doing this, uh, our our alternate episodes have been just magic focused. Uh, and Aaron, you know, a guru on all that is on holiday at the moment, so we haven't been doing that so much. But the magic ones, are, I've realised, are really time specific. Like oh, you yeah. couldn't go back and listen to any of the extras because you know it, it wouldn't make sense. You know, uh, but the, the yeah. board game ones hopefully stand up over time. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. As long as it's yeah, it's uh, not a yeah a time sensitive thing. Then, which is quite, kind of one of the reasons that like with the content that I have in the magazine is why I've been looking at content like that because you can't like I, I don't do game reviews or game previews or anything like that because yeah. they're because like you can just go on the internet and find a hundred reviews or a hundred people talking about the game or whatever. Uh, so it's, it's just pointless mm. trying to compete with that. Fair enough. The, um, the, the people that you, uh, get submissions off, I see that you do a large portion of the writing yourself. Yes. But, uh, when you do look for submissions, then what areas do they come from? Do you, do you hunt down people to provide content or do you just, uh, put it out there and uh, local people that you know within i know you're a member of the south australian gaming uh society or yes south australian tabletop gaming society yeah. so um give them a plug uh and <laughs> do you get content from people associated with that uh yes yes i get i get content from basically whenever i meet anybody i've always got in the back of my mind how can i get you to do something for me <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on so we better get so. all right nice to talk to you matthew um <clears throat> we're off now so that we might be put to work yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah uh, it's it's at the moment it's it's initially to start with it was i kind of had to chase everything up because nobody nobody knew of me and and so they weren't really inclined to offer anything uh but but now there's now there's more people who are kind of approaching me with stuff so some, sometimes it's sometimes it's people have an idea for an article but it's not i have to kind of work with to develop something that kind of fits the format of what the campaigner is presenting content wise so like I don't, I don't mind people coming to me with ideas, but occasionally we have to rework it so that it's not game specific or or whatever. Mm. I want to make sure that, that like nothing in it focuses. Like, I, like if somebody says I've written content for you know Warhammer, or I've written content for like an expansion for Catan or whatever, then that's not going to work because that's very specific to one game. Yeah. But if some it, I've written you know, like these additional rules for Catan, but then I've also I can talk about how I wrote them and how I approached it. Yeah, it's just the thinking process a little bit more yeah, and that designing yeah. uh, approach that you were talking about earlier on then, yeah? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about making sure that there's some sort of educational supplemental idea behind all the content yeah. rather than just here's, here's rules or here's tactics or whatever. Yeah. Hey, uh, I've, you've, uh, you've done a few printed editions of the campaign, is that right? Yes, all, yeah. all of them, all 16, or the 16th one's about to come out, but yeah. uh, all 15 
print uh, there are print versions. Yes. So have they have they been received, and how's the what's the difference in marketing the the printed version versus the e-zine, or do they they sort of cross over paths a little bit and help each other out? Uh, Mostly it's the web version that helps out the print version because a lot of people have read the the digital version yeah. and, then, and then at some point they'll come across the print version. Either I've got a copy of it, you know, at a convention or whatever. Yeah. In some form they'll find it and they'll go, oh, I kind of understand this a bit more now. <laughs> so like is it a, comp- that- a compiled version of the stuff that's on the web, is that right? It's it's the same thing. It's, yeah, it's uh, the same forty forty four page edition that you download is the same thing as you'll get in the actual physical magazine. But uh, yeah, it's just there's there's something about when people get a hold of the actual physical copy. There's most of the time it seems like something clicks. They're kind of like, oh, I kind of get. Yeah. Kind of Get what you're going for now. Yeah, I've often wondered about that as a writer myself, and there's a few um, a few writer friends who are you know considering doing uh, a web page and compiling short stories and and art by friends of ours and things like that. With the yeah. and you kind of think oh, eventually it'd be nice to be able to you know wrap this all up in a nice hardback book and and Kickstarter it or something like that. But it's like, well, you can get it for free online, but you can get it in a hardback for money. <laughs> so, is that going to work? Yeah. Interesting yes. approach. Always a bit of a challenge, yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the uh, the, late, the issue 15, and uh, I, what drew me in and, and made me read further on was was the layout. Uh, so the uh, the it's works uh, sequentially the articles are thoughtful um the captions and and the uh, graphics that you've put in there all seem to fit and enhance the magazine so um you know so you've done a great job there in my opinion thank you and uh i was just I, one of the articles i was reading was uh rule and make uh, alan chang over in queensland yes uh for um his uh Rule of Make being a, an Australian-based uh, board game design company. And yes. they had a bit, lot of success with a Kickstarter called Entropy recently, which I, um, I was a backer of and uh, really, really enjoyed the, the game when I received it. But I was looking through there, and it was funny because one of the photos had uh, Alan, uh, I guess, showcasing a prototype. And I recognised in the photo was uh, one of our WA local designers. Oh, Wes. Wes, yeah. No, so. yeah. <laughs> you didn't recognise Wes. You recognised his glasses. On I, top I of did. His I recognised the, uh, the crazy <laughs> lab tech suit. So, um, That's actually the, the two people he's, he's showing that he's running the prototype for is Wes, obviously. Uh, the other guy is uh, Alex, Alex Dake. Who's, um, uh, he's, he's from Blue Room Games. He... Uh, he designed a game called Ninjitsu, uh, which I also featured in one issue of the Campaigner. But he he's also the guy that's largely behind uh, Tabletop Game Designers Australia, Tabletop Game Designers Australia. Oh, okay. Like so, yeah, he's the he's the kind of brains behind this drive to make some kind of industry body for game designers and. You know, people kind of associated with that within Australia. Yeah, that's the guy, or at least that's the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's great from my um, 
what I like about that is I can look into this magazine and I can immediately identify with the thing, with with what's happening inside and um, and recognizing someone in there who is a games designer then it gives me a little bit more of a connective of a connectiveness to, to the magazine itself. So um, it makes me want to you know, read in more articles and find out more about uh, other projects that are going on involving people that we just, uh, I don't know, ac- accidentally come across or we have associations with by, you know, seven degrees separation or whatever. You so, just use yeah. the word connectiveness as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found it very distracting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We know how hard it can be to get interviews and things like that. We spend a lot of time and a lot of thought into who we're going to approach and how we're going to approach uh, board game designers and... um, Whoever. Whoever whoever that takes them, like yourself. Um, Yes. how, How do you manage to get the attention of designers and publishing companies for the magazine? What do you do to spread your presence uh largely i'm not entirely sure i just kind of <laughs> i just <laughs> i have no i have no real approach i kind of play it by i think because i kind of i just play it by ear and 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 you know i i just whittle them down basically <laughs> but uh i think uh, at least initially i think it was a yeah it was persistence somewhat um it's a scary thing, isn't it? You can't be too persistent yeah. either, because you don't want like a hero, you know, to annoy a hero of yours, do you? And, like you you pester someone too much, and they tell you to, where to go, and you, then you feel bad for life because yeah. you've upset someone big in the gaming community. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's it's partially persistence. Though I think it's also partially that at the time, at least when I first started asking people to talk about their games, especially at the 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 depth and thoughtfulness that I was asking to talk about them, hmm. there was nobody else asking those same questions. Yeah. So I think, especially when you're, you're talking about some game designers who have spent a lot of time on a game and they're, and it's been, even if it's been moderately successful, you know, it, it's still the fact that it exists is successful for them. Yeah. And they're, and you know they kind of you know relish the chance to be able to talk about the trials and tribulations of how this thing came to be. So I think appealing to ego does that, that sounds like a <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a real a real way of doing it. Yeah, but you know to to talk to that is um, I think I've, what I found in asking people for interviews is those people that have come back to us and said, yeah, I'd love to do that. We've had him on the show, had a great chat. Every single one of them has been lovely on and off of air. And for those who are naming no names, I've never, we, know, we don't talk about who's, who we've asked and that just haven't even responded to us. But that kind of self-filters, no matter how famous they are or, or not huge that they might be, uh, I think if they're not willing to do it, then it's probably all right that they didn't get back to you because maybe they're not the sort of people that feel comfortable talking about what they've done or um, it would make it for a good conversation. Yes. Well, that's basically the line of thinking that I have in that I'll pursue somebody a couple of times, I'll send them a couple of emails or whatever, and if they continue to get back to me, then they're interested. And if they don't, then obviously, you know, even yeah. if even if they I did eventually 
get something from them, it's not going to be a con- you know, like a positive, conductive in- interview or whatever. Yeah. It's so I'd rather I'd rather it be you know on the level for everybody. Have you ever fanboyed out just like a little bit too much and and only just been able to get the interview together? I don't believe so but you'd have to ask the people that i actually interviewed yeah. i like to think you know that i'm a level-headed and and uh sensible person but i don't know maybe i've just sat there screaming at somebody and i don't realize it i like to think i'm level-headed and sensible but I've, yeah. i i went into meltdown when i got when noah bradley agreed to talk with us so, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a bit i panicked for about a week i think i took about two days off work just so i could get ready <laughs> And we have, uh, well, Jamie, who's the third member of, of the the podcast. Yes, he, I uh, <laughs> he, well, he he he's, he will freely admit that he's a fan. Oh, he fanboys out about everybody. He, he will though. gush, and and you know, and that's not a problem because he is. It might not be for you. I've got to. We've got to listen to him do it. <laughs> we have to listen to him. <laughs> but he uh, has a different sort of perspective on on the questions that we ask. I mean, we. I think Dave and I both spend time looking at our past interviews for those people we're speaking to and just to see that we're on the track with... Oh, don't try to repeat us. Same, repeat yeah, so we're not repeating asked. what's already been, been said, as we do often repeat what we say, don't we, David? Pardon? Yeah, oh. often repeat what we say. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> so um, I think that's a part of our thought process is, is getting, have a look and see what has come before and... Uh, change give a, a different perspective a different spin on those questions uh and perhaps hopefully come up with some thoughtful and uh, new uh perspectives and angles speaking of which before matt interviews himself here uh <laughs> here's a totally fresh line of approach right straight off the question sheet what have you discovered out there in the gaming world that you think every gamer should know about maybe something you know a bit dark horse that no one no one's not everybody's aware of oh okay uh you can't use Hero Quest again. You've already done okay. that. Oh, damn it. We've ticked that box. Can't, can't we just delete that and <laughs> bring it up now? Um, Dark Horse. Yeah. Depends how. Depends what you define as Dark Horse. Though, oh, doesn't yeah, it? anything that's just smouldering away there one, in the gaming world. One, one game that I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to yeah. is, is having mentioned uh, Rule and Make previously already, yeah. uh, is a game of theirs that is in manufacture at the moment that should come out quite soon. Uh, Burger Burger Up. Burger Up, yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. That's the uh, the burger-making, card-stacking. Where was that, I thought yes. that was knocking about the place ages ago. Was that a Kickstarter as well? Yes, that was a Kickstarter. It was a... That ran at the end of last year, the beginning of this year. It must, no, it must be the end of last year. Yeah. I played a prototype for it at PAX last year, um, and I, I was, I was, I was kind of looking at it, saying, you know, burger up, and I'm like, oh, you know, it must be, a, <laughs> it must be a burger making game. I sat down, and kind of, uh, I, I can't remember the designer's name at the moment, but he took me through the rules and everything and how you played it, and I was just like, God damn it, this is exactly the mechanics of a game I was thinking of, but, like, much better. <laughs> so, And it's engaging and fun, obviously. Yes, and it's, I, I love it. It's great. It's really simple. It's, it's one of those games as well that I think, like, I, I'm, I'm really going to have a lot of fun with, but also it's simple enough that I can play it with my girlfriend or anybody who's not a, yeah. you know, a massive full-on tabletop person. 
I'm becoming more attracted to those games over time as well. I think, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was all about finding the most obscure game and being, you know, completely, uh, you know, hipster about being the, the, <laughs> the guy that liked that game. But then you have no one to play with. So no, now, nowadays, problem, it's, yeah. Yeah, nowadays, it's kind of have fun to have, you know, like AEG's love letter and stuff like that. You can just bring out anywhere and fight and, and someone will be able to play it with you. Yeah. Well, my, my girlfriend and her family, uh, mid last year, they instituted a family board game night for them yeah. all, for her, for her side. Uh, so every month they all meet up at different people's houses and they play these board games and stuff. Um, and so before that, her and the rest of her family hadn't really looked at any board games at all, mm. either modern or or otherwise. So it's been kind of interesting to see them progressively over the last six, eight months, what games they go out and, and buy. Cause they haven't played any of these. They just go to the shop and they look at the box yeah. and they look and they read the description on the back and they go, okay, well I'll buy this and we'll give this a go. Like my, my girlfriend came home with, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now. She came home with, "Hey, that's my fish." Oh, I <laughs> love that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to look. If I looked at the store, I'd be like, "Okay, that's, you know, that's, that's low tier or whatever yeah. you want to call it." <laughs> it's actually really good. Like, yeah. So it's it's, it's amazing that yeah, just to see these new games filter through from other people's perspectives. You must have felt the pressure, though, when they decided, right, we're going to do uh, a family board board games night. Didn't all focus come down to you? Just like, come on, entertain <laughs> us, Matthew. Come on, what have you got? <laughs> yeah, pick the luckily, right game Luckily, I'm us. only involved when they come, when we, we host it here at my place. So that's only when I have to teach them anything. Yeah. I've, been te- I've been teaching them uh, COGS. So we've been playing yeah. COGS by your friend uh, Wes. Wes there, yes. Uh, what else will we be playing? I've been teaching them Sushi Go. Uh, and, they, uh, this is, and this is a slightly religious family as well. Yeah. But they, but they absolutely love Cards Against Humanity, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah. I'm lashing out just a little bit maybe. Yeah, well, that's it. I think, I think the, the thing is they're all, you know, slightly repressed or whatever, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to to say cum guzzling? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually funny that you when you mentioned um, "Hey, that's my fish." uh, That's the only game that I can consistently get my wife to play. Uh, She loves (laughs) it, and I've got the iOS version as well, which is great. My kids will play that, and my kids are uh, two and four. And uh, they'll play it because of the uh, the killer whale that gobbles up the, uh, the 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 penguin at the end. Yeah. But um, my my parents, uh, the last game I can remember them playing with us was Ye Old Monopoly, uh, twenty odd thirty, no, nearly thirty years ago. Um, but recently they've played Carcassonne, wow! And that was an amazing. Th- I, I was stunned when they because they knew I was starting to have this board game interest, and so they thought, oh well, you know, maybe we can become involved in that in some way. So they, they surprised me one day when they come back with Carcassonne. That's like just... having a 60-year-old mum come to you and go, son, I'm pregnant. You're going to have a little brother. It's like, what? This, no, this isn't right. And what? And you're playing Carcassonne as well? <laughs> it's like, what's going on? And I had no influence in the game that they chose. They um, went out and, and looked into it themselves. And that's what they came back with. So I was very impressed um, because, you know, that, that's a classic. And... Uh, and it's a real um, 
a real gateway game as well. So they chose appropriately a nice. I think they actually did seek a little bit of advice from where they were from the uh, the wise uh, sto- uh, staff at the store. So uh, yep. which which was a good thing to do. You should not discount uh, their knowledge and uh, yeah. Well, that's what I always, I always, you know, promote that that you, if you're at the store, you might as well, you might as well ask. Well, the people they're usually employed there for a reason, and that reason isn't just to look good and. Uh, hey, no, that's and the, that's your, the thing about any of these things, isn't it? You walk in, and if they know that you bought one game, that that is an actual person that can then tell you, hey, you'd also like this one, and that's invaluable. Yeah. I love getting that kind of like, <laughs> like even a comic store or something like that. Oh, are you buying this? Have you heard? Have you read this story? And yeah, easily overlooked. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, you've got a fairly global perspective on in general. Um, yes. Is there anything unique or different or uh, unusual about what's happening in South Australian gaming scene at, that um, in comparison to the rest of the world? So is there anything going on down there that... The whole world. That, South Australia versus the world. Yeah. Is there anything going on down there that might set it apart, something that you're doing differently? That would make Canadian listeners want to immigrate to South Australia, yeah. for example. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we, we love our Canadian listeners. Well, later oh, in, later in this show, Harlan. This is how we're handling tourism and in immigration now, is it? <laughs> yeah, That's right. What's going on board game-wise in South Australia? Yeah, you're, you are tourism SA, Matthew. Go, <laughs> sell it to us. Uh, well, the interesting thing is with the with tabletop... Well, there's the tabletop scene in general, and then there's the tabletop design scene as well. So, tabletop design scene is what's what's, what's that word? Burgeon, burgeoning. Yeah. It's just it's just starting basically in that uh, kind of the people that have been working on games are only just kind of discovering that there are other people around that are making games. Uh, whereas previously, I think there was a whole bunch of people who thought they were the only person in South Australia working on a tabletop game. Yeah. So it's been it's been interesting interesting to see these people come out of the woodwork and what it is that they're working on and and uh, the variety of of different games that kind of people are interested in making. So and sharing uh, ideas like, that's good because they can critique each other's work and it's coming from someone who's dealing with the same sort of um, uh, yeah. sol- problem solving mentality. Yeah. And, the, and the, the thing is, but thing has been as well that they're all kind of on the same. Uh, learning curve at the moment because yeah. everybody's kind of starting from scratch essentially at the same time. Even though all the, all the rule sets and stuff are at different levels of finality, it's like nobody's like hardly anybody has any experience in in taking a game from conception to finality. So yeah. uh, everybody's kind of helping each other along as, with, as they find out. Okay, well, how do we test all these rules, and then how do we you know, get it into a form that we can then disseminate and all that kind of stuff. Are there organised play areas in South Australia where people collect and say, hey, here's my game, would you like to play it for the next hour or so? Uh, yes, at, at the beginning of this year I started hosting monthly prototype meetups. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, we, I've been holding that, yeah, since January was the first one. Uh, and that all that all grew out of... There's a tabletop game convention in South Australia uh, in September every year called Concentric. Um, um, I've heard of that. Yeah, and, and Ben Ben Nelson, the guy that organises that, he ran a prototype day on Sunday on the Sunday last 
year at last year's convention, uh, and it was and it's kind of this, this idea for a regular prototype day stemmed out of that. Uh, I mean, it was only, it was only small. There was like about four people, four or five people at this thing, and and. Uh, uh, Kim Brayback was there as well, actually, oh, yeah. designer of Monstrous. He, yeah. he was there. He basically talked to everyone about how he designed a game and everything, and and kind of everybody agreed that hey, we should probably do this again in some form. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I mean, Kim's uh, Kim and Jamie, who's on, you know, with uh, Seven Land Hand, Jamie, they're doing the Good Games publishing thing now. So good guys yes. to be in touch with if you've got a, a game that's cu- just about coming together. Uh, yeah, you want to get in touch with those guys. They're always looking for new and great ideas. Yeah. Well, the, the Concentric this year, uh, we're going to run an, uh, another prototype thing of some description, which hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, Kim will come again and and yeah. maybe some other people if I can you know, pull a couple of strings and... We'll, we'll be there, Matthew. Stuff. Don't worry about it. We'll come. Sure. Awesome. <laughs> Deal. Wow. Yeah, I can say getting to South Australia is a lot easier than uh, getting to uh, Indianapolis, I have yeah. to say. <laughs> He's bitter because we're all off to Indianapolis, to Gen Con in uh, end of August, and, and Matt's not coming. <laughs> no, I'm going to Tasmania instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost the same, isn't it? I mean... Well. Yeah, we have to pay to go in Indianapolis. He's getting sent to Tasmania. It's a difference. Oh, okay. Subtleties, you know. It's like a punishment or something. Yeah, or... No, but we love all our Tasmanian listeners. Hello out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in Tasmania at the moment, so I'm the Tasmanian listener. <laughs> How? Um, <laughs> just to get off on a different track for a bit, with yep. the rise of Kickstarter <clears throat> and the, the obvious success that I, th- I think it's been reported that Kickstarter has uh, board games and uh, gaming in general has been a massive um, has been a massive influx of Kickstarter campaign you know a lot of brought a lot of money and spread it about various companies and things like that how do you see that Kickstarter has uh, changed the face of gaming from your perspective Uh, it's made a lot more tabletop games available or well, the promise of more tabletop games available, I should say, uh, in that before it was that you kind of needed, you know, if you designed a game, you needed a publisher or you needed the the finance behind you in order to publish the game, to manufacture it and everything. Uh, whereas now you can do, because you can do a small scale, if there's 100 people who are interested, you're interested in your game, and you know that you fund it for those hundred people, then and you make a hundred, and that's it. You you know you, you've, there's a much smaller outlay for producing your game. So mm. yeah, it's just it's, it seems like there's more more opportunity generally for people to design a game and get it out there. But then if you guess if you in, set you know, your target for that hundred people and you reach that hundred people, you've done your job, haven't you? You've you've uh, you've successfully engaged with your target. Um, audience, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's, there's always a there's always an argument that you know it, there's always a broader audience, but you know some people are just interested in I have this game idea, I want to make a game, and they make it, and then they've got no they've got no interest in being goals. a career game designer or anything. Yeah. yeah, they just want to make this game, and then that's it. You know, that's that thing ticked off their bucket list. So, yeah, that seems a little bit too small for me. I think like, if you're going to do the hundred 
sort of thing. You know, for example, you would uh, yeah want that to be an advert to what you could do for the next game and try to level up somewhat. Um, and I think I think what we've yeah. talked about a lot on the podcast that you know when with Cool Mini or not coming in and it's very much their business model now to use Kickstarter for that and whether or not it draws money away from the little guy. You know, do you? Have have your fifty bucks on the little guy, and then when Kill Mini or not comes out, you'll go. All right, I'll spend sixty five and get a box full of miniatures and all that sort of stuff. It you know it's a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. On on the on the surface of it all, I'm I kind of think it is a little bit mean <laughs> for <laughs> for like yeah companies like Kill Mini or not or whatever. Anybody who has an expan- expansive audience already behind them uh, to to run a Kickstarter for a game, but like in the same in the same idea, when you're talking about call me or not, people are dropping like two hundred and something dollars on like what, what the last one they did was what was that uh, Zombicide Black Plague or whatever? Yeah. yeah, and that was and like kind of like you could buy just the base game, but pro- like I don't think. You know, maybe ten percent of people bought just the base game. Everybody else is like, "I'm going to buy all the extra character miniatures and all the all these extra zombie miniatures and all this other extra stuff." And they're dropping, you know, two hundred, three hundred dollars on this game, which I don't think they they're do in the going shop. to be dropping that amount on any of the smaller games because mm. they're not by named publishers anyway. Yeah. So there's probably a little bit of a a little bit of a tussle or a you know a little bit of play between that these big guys are also getting people into the Kickstart platform or the crowdfunding platform that might not have been in to begin with and that could feasibly then transfer over to smaller tabletop Kickstarters yeah. as well. I think I think it's people like me. I fall foul of a pretty box with you know with good artwork and you know and a good narrative attached to it. And yeah, more more polished publishers know all of that. So you know, I get dragged away from these uh, small games that don't look that great. That everyone's yeah. saying, yeah, you should get this, and I feel like I'm always going to miss out because I'll always get dragged towards the one with good art and never end up playing anything decent. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's probably yeah, it's probably the main issue with having these established publishers becoming part of Kickstarter is that now that there's a a prerequisite or there's like an expectation that your game is going to look fantastic, whether you're cool mini or not, or whether you're single guy Joe Blow in his bedroom. So, And because there's an art to it now as well, isn't it? You've got to have the video and everything's got to look right. You've got to have uh, cool logos within the presentation of your Kickstarter. If you've if you do the video because you feel like you've got to and it kind of, you know, it looks amateurish because, you know, you're new to it, you're probably not going to get that many uh, hits. And that's just because your video is bad. It's got nothing to do with your skills of game design. Yeah. Oh, this is just a rant. This is turning into a rant now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked about possible. Yeah. I, know, uh, I think I'm very much uh, split on the whole, on, on where Kickstarter's going, but I'm, I'm sort of glad it's there because... I like the idea that people yeah. are getting other ideas out there, and I'd like to think that we'd all buy a game that really managed to manages to sell itself. You know, just yeah. tell us what it's about, and we, we would get it. I'm pretty sure most people would buy a good game. 
Yeah, well, at the moment, I just I think it's equally as beneficial as it is not beneficial. So, yeah, and it and it seems to at the moment be leading towards more independent publishers and designers and stuff. So, I think in the long run, it's more of a positive just because it's letting people establish themselves. Yeah. It's like it's complaining that there's too many superhero movies now. It's like 10 years ago, there wasn't, well, I don't know how many years ago, but there wasn't any. Now we've got too many, but we think, oh, well, whatever. Let's just, we'll ride this out, hey, for as long as this lasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak, speaking of movies and other geeky stuff, yeah, what, what, what do you do outside of gaming that's sort of geek world related? You got any other interests? Uh, I, I'm a digital game player as well. So yeah. uh, I actually, I write for a, a uh, this thing called the Pixel Pop Network, where I'll do game reviews and stuff for them, uh, just because it's nice to kind of write about something else for once. <laughs> Are you a console guy or a PC guy? Uh, uh, mostly a PC guy at the moment. I do have a, a console. I don't have any current gen consoles though, so yeah, I, I spend all my money on tabletop games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, no the- time. They're starting to do the. I heard that PC. There's uh, is well, I don't know how broad it is, but there's a PC Xbox One crossover now where they there's a particular game coming out where multiple people be able to play online against each other cross console. Yeah, dual platform or whatever. Dual it's called. platform. That's what it's called. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good. But they were saying that with the um, the PC games with the mouse uh, point and click for shooters, it's yeah. like what you get way more accuracy and way more speed than you can with the with the controllers for a console. So you, consoles, people probably yeah. are going to lose. Yeah, it's going to it'll be interesting. Yeah, especially with shooters and stuff, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, strategy games and things that require a little bit more, not like, you know, Twitch deft. Yeah. Sexes and stuff are going to probably be slightly more on the level, or more equal, but, yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that. That's somebody not- else's. Yeah, somebody else's problem. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if Sony and PlayStation can get their uh, Sony and um, and Microsoft can get themselves sorted out to do that cross-platform stuff. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah it's one of those. I mean, yeah, ultimately, yes, it'd be cool if you could just have whatever, and then you could just play any game yeah, against play anybody, the no matter what their platform is. Uh, but which you can actually, you can, there are actually ones you could do that with. I think there's Rocket League. I'm pretty sure the game Rocket League you can get on PC, Xbox One, and PS4 oh, right. or whatever up to, and they play between each other. Fairly certain. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. It's coming. <laughs> Have you got yeah, any so other insights into into that sort of stuff? Like virtual reality stuff starting to come this week, this year, isn't it? Oh yes, yes it is. I'm not a big fan of. You're not. Virtual reality, regular reality is bad enough. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need virtual reality. No, we, one of the guys that used to do the podcast with us, he came on and he'd been to PAX and I think they had this demonstration there. Yes, and we, yeah. and we must have talked for about 15 minutes and it just, like I said, I think I said it on air. I said, it's, this sounds like, um, people sitting around discussing radio for the first time. You know, it be the most embarrassing dated conversation. You know, in five <laughs> years' time, we'll sound like real old, old guys. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. I reckon it'll be good. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't disbelieve that it'll be, you know, fantastic and, and a, a massive leap in how we consume, you know, media and entertainment and everything else. Yeah. But I don't know. Just 
Apparently, I, this is this is the point where I turn into a stodgy old man, and I just go, oh, I just I'm not interested." <laughs> in my day, you had a you yeah. had an LCD screen, and you had a. Are you afraid you're going to vomit, Matthew? Is that the problem? No, I don't think that'll be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about something about it that just irks me. Yeah. No. Just that intangible thing where you just kind of like, no, that's not for me. I don't know why, but it's just, I've just decided it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I think I'll be one of those guys. Like, I'm just waiting for the hollow deck to arrive. I just want to run out there and just go. This is me for life. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> and my never return. No, it's my retirement goal. It's like when because I'm, I'm an occupational therapist, uh, you know, by trade, if that's a trade. And I've, I have worked in elderly rehab. I mean, this is the most boring start to a story ever, but. <laughs> My, my, you know, in seeing all of these people in the, in the eve of their lives, I've thought by the time I'm their age, I want virtual reality. Just plug me in. I'm going to be on a beach, an amazing car, like four or five amazing girlfriends, uh, you know, doing like pulling up to my Millennium Falcon. We'll go and uh, take off and blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. That's how, that's how I'm going to die in a pool of my own urine in a hospital bed <laughs> and not care one bit. So it'd be oh. like that scene in, well, that whole world in Wally where uh, they're on the starship. Yeah, that's me. They're all plugged into their VR. But I won't be fat. I'll just chairs. be like a withered old uh, skeleton well, be like, man. Uh, what was that movie with Bruce Willis? Replicants or whatever it was? Where he was the... That everybody had like a little android that they drove around. Oh, that's right. Um, that sounds all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's on. It's actually on. It's either on Stan or Netflix, yeah. and I haven't watched it yet. But it's on my um, to do list. Yeah, you're you're right. It's that that whole um, concept of using people or, or androids to uh, play out your video game fantasies. Uh, did you ever see Gamer? The yep. uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly what that was, only that they weren't androids. They were actually disenfranchised people or criminals and things like that. So um, I guess we're hopefully we're a long way off from that because uh, I think that would be, well, it's as interesting as hell. It would be <laughs> frightful and uh, I think... Screw well, that, hopefully, man. Hopefully we're not a long more. way off from it. Hopefully it never happens. Like, <laughs> you guys. I don't, I don't think the eventual aim is, hey, we can just control people. Awesome. <laughs> Come on, you guys are both wanting to play these dystopian games. I just want to do it for real. <laughs> <laughs> You're committed, are you? Yeah, I think I'm committed. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we have a question that's become our, our classic here on Seven Land Hand. And... Mainly, I don't know how it all started. It was just, Doesn't uh, matter. We, just we were wondering how <laughs> you stack your board game collection. Is there any particular uh, rhyme or reason to how you uh, store them? Well, we, we moved recently. So where I keep my board games at the moment is somewhere where they're not going to stay. I'm trying to build a shelf for them so that they can all go into there and I'll figure out how I'm going to organize them. Then, so at the moment, they are stacked in order of structural integrity. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, that's very good. And something. Of... And there's an interesting word that you used in there in that convers- in that line. There, uh, you said you're going to build a shelf, singular. Oh yes, well, pro- probably a set of shelves. Yeah, yeah. not just the one massive shelf. You're not married that's... to us, Matthew. You don't have to downplay it. You can tell it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's. 
it's because uh, in, in, in the room that I'm sitting in at the moment, uh, it's, it used to be a bedroom, but it's an office at the moment, and it's got like a built-in wardrobe, and I basically gutted the middle section. And so I've got like, you know, the height of the room and then about another metre wide. Is it a double double door? Uh, it's a triple door, actually. Oh, now you're talking. So, yes, so this entire, the entire middle section, I'm just going to stick a whole series of shelves in and then all the all the games are going to go in there so hopefully i fill it up straight away i have enough room to at least grow a little bit nice <laughs> mm. i'm still looking forward to it. I've, I've always got the idea of um like because i've got a rather large property digging out the hole dropping a shipping container in there <laughs> ventilating the whole thing and just having a shelves and nice lighting in there so you could just go out into the middle of nowhere open a trap door drop down complete gaming cellar Woof. right it's a board game bomb shelter. Yeah, Matt's eyes have glazed over. He hasn't heard no, this no. idea before. No, no, that's great. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because uh, I was listening to um, uh, Shut Up and Sit Down podcast recently and they were talking about uh, if you had the opportunity to take one board, one game with you into a bomb shelter and that was the only game you could take and, you, and you know there were no other games, what would you choose? Um any thoughts? What would you choose, David? Oh, me? At the I, moment. I'd, I'd take Arkham Horror because by the time you finish playing it, uh, the, the nuclear fallout thing would be finished. You could just walk outside and get on with life. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and maybe, hopefully, Cthulhu hasn't risen. Yeah. What about you there, Matt? Oh, yeah, okay. So it's, it's a, it would be a game just for me. Well, maybe Euphoria then because that would be quite apt in that case. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've thought about this and... As long as uh, I have access to electricity, uh, I'd take my iPad, and it would be "Hey, that's my, f- hey, that's my fish." Purely because I wouldn't get sick of the uh, that scene where the the uh, killer whales jump up and, and eat the penguins. And <laughs> I, I love that. I get a chuckle out of that every single time I do it. <laughs> well, if you're talking about if you're talking about like digital board game things. Uh, there's a game that came out recently by a company, uh, like a game developer in Canberra, called uh, League of Geeks, I think they're called. Uh, but they released a game called Armello, which is a really it's it's a really good digital version of a board game. So it's, it's not it's not an actual board game. There's no board game of it that exists, but all the mechanics and ideas I've used behind it are board game ideas. Okay. It's really yeah. If you get a chance on Steam, if you get a chance, check it out. Really good game. Really good board game with little animated like bear, uh, like barbarians and stuff. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Hot, look hot, at that. Hot tip. From, yeah. Hot tip. Yeah. From Matthew. Oh, Campanigan. I've just I've oh. just pulled it up and uh, their website and the first thing I saw was uh, like a badger with a sword and a and a and a look a roguish looking hare. Yes. Um, yes, and you're you're fighting like an evil lion king guy. He's like corrupted by this stuff. Yeah, it's a good. I, it's a good. I had a roguish looking hair on Wednesday, and I and I plucked it, <laughs> and it made both my eyes water. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, Matthew, it's been awesome chatting with you, and it's really nice to talk to someone who's in our own time zone, pretty much. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one hour difference. We didn't have to do too much math for that. Yeah. I'm glad I could you know, accommodate you. Yeah, thanks for living close. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks also for uh, 
giving us a mention on your um, on your website, and that was that's how we first found out was uh, the shout yeah. out you gave. So we really appreciate that. And in kind, we'll uh, we'll shout as hard and as loud as we can. Yeah, well, I've got an idea campaigner. about that. I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you afterwards, Matthew. I've got okay. an idea. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, well, we'll speak to you later then. Thanks for yes. thanks for being on. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a twos. It's a twos. It's a twos. Lots of action this month, ongoing in the uh, on the Facebook page for yeah. the for the big competition. To do with Dice yeah, City. Jason Conlon nailed it real early on with uh, the comment "Dice, Dice, baby." I can't believe I let that one <laughs> that slip through great. the through the pun web. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I managed to bust out the if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. I'm pretty sure I had a little quip in there too about that. What was that? Five colours of Dice Dice Baby. What is that related to? Five colours of Dice Dice Baby. Is it? Well, there's five colours of Dice in the box. Oh, Ah. nice. (laughs) Uh, Who else we got, Matt? Uh, Renee Soria um, stated that the game is great. This is Dice. talking about Dice City, obviously. Yeah, played it once and... Feels like a mix between Kingsburg and Imperial Settlers, which settlers, which was exactly your what feel we for said. it. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. There's a lot of uh, dice gaming fans coming out of the woodwork, but you know, it's not necessarily. It doesn't really feel like a dice game as per se, does it? Like, as in no. a you know, you specially molded dice and everything. But you know, check out last checkers episode sixty nine to find out all of the That's thoughts. Uh, Andy Harrison, yeah, he states that city building plus dice rolling, two great tastes that taste great together. It's just true. <laughs> kind yeah. of like chalk and cheese and yeah. or fine wine and dining. And uh, what is it? This, uh, yeah, Paul Campbell got in with a controversial comment about uh, the dice uh, quiz that Jamie did. He'd actually, he's actually dug out an article. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand, you'll see all these comments on the, uh, on the post pinned to the top of the page and enter if you haven't. Uh, he relates back to a, uh, when Jamie did Matt's quiz. Yes, and Jamie's Matt's quiz. What are the different sides side of dice you can get? He's got an article here about a D one twenty. Very All controversial. All I can say is that yep, inaccuracies. Jamie, I won. Jamie needs to set up his uh, strengthen his game if he's going to take over my quiz from oh, time yeah. to time. So is that what you're saying? So if you're going to do Matt's quiz, you have to be Matt. There's a reputation to live up to. Yeah, and it's only taken you about two and a half years to build up to the <laughs> standard that you're at now. Yeah, and that's ensuring that you lose. Yeah. <laughs> But that's good because many people listen to that and go, wow, this guy's at least got three years' experience doing quizzes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's something you'd be bragging about. Yeah. Uh, also, I would like to add that the family Leilau have hit this competition pretty hard. I think they've got a soft spot for Dice City. They're everywhere on this they one. Are. They're all over it. Xanthi, Imogen, Tess, and Ian. Yeah, Ian actually is uh, – he's, he's crossed the line, you know, in the, uh, in the world of, of the emails that we receive. Uh, he's taken it to another level, and you know I'm not stop. I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. He sent me a knob pick. Oh, oh, that's awkward. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Yeah, um, probably bathroom door knob pick. But you know, for, oh, you, yeah, okay. less less awkward. What were you thinking? Um, the, uh, oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I, I received the uh, you know the subject heading knob pick from Ian Lau. Opened with caution. <laughs> picture attached. Huh. Well played, Ian. Well played. <laughs> but um, the only thing that would have made it even better is he, if he had have uh, written uh, NSFW. Yeah. In the, in the comment, then that would have had you really because uh, I did open it at work as well. 
<laughs> all right, well all done. of the above. If you haven't got a, a Hyper Magic Nerd badge from us yet, uh, send us a, a, an email through to a podcast at sevenlandhand.com and uh, we'll flick you out a badge to adorn your gamer gear with and uh, look beautiful and blue. Um, yeah. What else have we got? Uh, Game of the Month special this month. Running out of time is Dice City, so get into good games wherever you are and see if they've got a Dice City on the, on the shelf. You'll get 10% off. Uh, just go to any store in Australia. Give their staff the password. Transform and roll out. Boldly said. Was that better? Yeah. This lasts only for the month of June, so start building your community with a fistful of polyhedrals, Jamie. <laughs> polyhedrals. Yeah. <laughs> 10% not enough. What about the chance to win the game? Woohoo! Well, for one listener who comments on the Facebook post for episode 69, you can win it. Uh, the post is now pinned to the top of Seven Land Hands' Facebook page, and one commenter will be randomly chosen by Good Games HQ, not us. Thanks for the sucking up. Uh, they'll pick it as this month's winner of the Artipia Games Dice City. So all I need to do is comment. Is comment after. After I've liked the Seven Land Hand Facebook page, but you don't even have to do that. But please do. Yeah, that, yeah that'd be nice. Yeah, well, let's just say let's just say the, f- the first reason you go there is to uh, like the page. Yeah. The second reason is to stay for the comment. Win free stuff and win free stuff. Yeah, and we don't. We're not like I had a, a lengthy, lengthy conversation with somebody uh, that it isn't about collecting data or anything like that. It's pretty much just about giving away free games it is that's all it is um, yeah our, our best advice is get in now while the uh the numbers are still low because as soon as they get bigger it'll be uh increases the chances well they already well, are i mean the, what is the i don't know how many entries we've got this month uh haven't got it here you can also score yourself the seven land hand badge as well 45 45 comments this month so far and like you know when it opened up there was 15 16 comments so yeah. it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger so oh, increase your chances. Awesome. What else have we got? Uh, yeah, you can get in touch with us, podcast at sevenlandhand.com or any of our names at sevenlandhand.com. Uh, that's how Ian sent me a picture of his knob. <laughs> that's how it slipped. It wasn't filtered. No, it wasn't filtered. <laughs> he didn't go into the spam file. All right, next fortnight. This is exciting. We've got Darwin Castle of, uh, Darwin's Castle of Darwin Castle's Cthulhu Realms dropping in and talking to us about many things. He's lived a long and varied life. He's, I think he's a, only a couple of months older than me, which makes me very sad that I've achieved far less. So, well, he's a MTG guru. He is. He's, a, he's on the, um, the MTG Player Hall of Fame uh, so yeah. he's, he's that Darwin Castle. Yeah, he's that one, yeah. Um, Star Realms. Star Realms, Epic. Uh, well, I've done more of our homework by next fortnight. No, <laughs> so this... if any of that stuff inter- interests you at all, then uh, yeah, look forward to that interview. Um, all right, and, and that would be that. So we'll just blob and finish up, eh? Let's do it. Yep. All right, that was Community. And, done. And hopefully by... Uh, by listening to you. this, we've inspired you to go out and create your own communities, or better still, join ours. Yeah. And, uh, or the Invictus Stream, or the, the Campaigner Magazine. Do it all. If it was a Venn diagram, you could only see one circle. That's it. And I think that, you know, connect the dots, and uh, the Invictus Stream and Seven Lane Hand, where they join together is, uh, is me. So, hands, hands across the world. <laughs> Across the Atlantic and Hug the Pacific, the depending on which way you go. Yeah. So I'd like to thank... That's, that's a tea of Matt. 
<laughs> that's a tear. Well, while you've still got the tears in your eyes, unless yeah. that's dust coming down from the ceiling or in the shed. So, yeah. Yeah. No, this is the pod, not the shed. <laughs> the pod shed. The shed. The potting shed. Yeah. Anyway, thanks <laughs> thanks to all of the guys at Invictus Stream for dropping by. Harlan Guthrie, J- Justin James, Chris, and Michael. For, they they uh, don't have surnames. No, no, they don't. Um, well, Matthew, Chris Visu and Michael Barber. There we yeah, go. All right, well done. They uh, complete now. Put you on the spot there, didn't they? <laughs> all right, and Matthew Lee from uh, The Campaigner. Yep, that's that it. was great. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, we all got something out of that. That was uh, some cool conversations we've had there. Really enjoying it. Thank you, David, for the uh, the editing nightmare that you create for yourself every time you put one of these things together. Yep, and thank you, Matt, for the delightful headgear you've got on today. I know, I've and rolled it above my ears. Cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> so right. uh, that's it. I think uh, get out, play more games. Better still, find some people to play games with. Yeah, and, do uh, something creative. Join. Uh, a, a bigger, a much bigger community than there once was for games. Build your own. All right. Good night. Good night.